everybody good morning uh, good morning this morning good morning this morning everybody good morning good morning and happy Tuesday happy Tuesday to everyone to to one and all look at the uh, version is this it's the uh, oh it's the orange version of uh, Monster Rehab, the Orange Aid version. They had the Lemonade version. I must have, uh, I must have picked up the Orange Aid version inadvertently because it's orange. It's an it's an orange, orange look to it. Good morning, this morning, everybody. Well, how is everybody? Hey, um, yeah, Carafano is going to be on with me at about uh, at about seven o'clock, and. Uh, in the meantime, I was pondering this yesterday. By the way, sorry for the delay, but uh, traffic was heavy, and that was uh, and and that was that would be the traffic in my brain that uh, prevented me from getting up uh, at, at a reasonable hour. So that's what I'm saying. It was the traffic in my brain. I, I should play some traffic. I love traffic. Here's no traffic. Here's some traffic. Back when Stevie Winwood was awesome. Well, but he, he, he is awesome. Whatever happened, he didn't die or anything, did he? No? Okay, good. I didn't think so. Because Stevie Winwood was great. I, I, I don't want him to kick me off, but then you got me into this whole traffic thing now because you guys started talking about it. Oh, you didn't? I did? Oh, okay. Never mind. It's my fault. I love traffic. Let me see. Um, this is a good one. Empty Pages. 
just cut crops down like this. Come on, people. These guys rock. I'm telling you, they do. Off of this, you know that you know they were they, they were just about to all those little gremlins, the Facebook gremlins. Oh, almost had it again. Get him! Nope, missed me by that much. Sorry about that, people. But you know, oh. hey. Okay, never mind. Just kidding. Not gonna do that. Just playing it. By the way, just doing a little bit of that. Oh, Margaret, don't even get me started about F and John James. Because you guys know, <laughs> you want to go there, do you? You just want to hear, you, you just want to hear F and John James. It's, I, I know that's what you want to hear. Because uh, that's what you want to hear. Hang on, let me just uh, let me get that going for you here. Because, uh, let's see. Uh, let's see, let's see. I, 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 I called it up because it turns out that uh, that it might be. I thought I, I thought I flagged it. Hang on a second here. You guys want me to do that F and John James thing again, don't you? I pulled it up. Hold on. Last night I was all over that, and I was, I was listening to it, but uh. Yeah, here. Why didn't I fly? Why didn't I flag that? I must have been half asleep. I guess. You, you think you think you think he's going to? Uh, they. I think they think that he might be. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen though. But they might flag him uh, to to take take over for uh, to take over for. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Man, if he beats her, Jesus. Fucking John James. Yeah. She called him Jesus, too. So I don't know whether it's uh, F and John James or Jesus, but John James, yeah. Margaret, thank you for getting me started on that one because uh, it turns out that he, there's there's talk that he might be named as the UN ambassador. Like he, like he might replace Nikki Haley. It, 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 or, or uh, that that he might actually be the uh, the guy that 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 takes over. I think that's just kind of a joke. I don't think that's I don't think that's going to really happen. But I have to tell you that, in all honesty, it would be great, and it would be great if if the president would come out and 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 announce him as that. Ladies and gentlemen, I've determined that uh, Nikki Haley has been amazing and awesome, and she's going to go back to uh, she's going to go back to South Carolina and do her work and do her thing. Uh, and since she has departed, I have decided that her replacement will be none other than fucking John James. Yes, 
as the next U.S. ambassador to uh, ambassador of the United Nations, it would be none other than my buddy, my man, my dude, the man, none other than fucking John James. Right on, people. Right on with your badass self, John James. Not only that, but right on with your badass self. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's what I'm talking about. And then he could go and he could come up and do his speech. I don't even know how he talks really, but he could better go, Yeah, you know who I am. Fucking John James. Right on. And I'm gonna I'm gonna tell the other countries what what the what for is. That's what I'll do. Anyway, I don't know. That'd be great. Yeah, his entrance music could be uh, empty pages. It'd be great. Yeah, that's right. I'm gonna, I, the empty pages are empty because I'm about to write the pages of history. And when I write them, I will, I will sign them with this. Fucking right. That's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. I'm going to have fun with this today. Yep. John James. None other than John James. All right, so I will tell you, though, that I'm very happy that uh, I don't really have much of a voice today, so it's going to be a long morning. As I said before, I'm about done, though. I don't have all the other. I got rid of all the other part of the um, cold, so then this one will, this this part of the one in my throat will leave. That'll go away, and then I'll be I'll be fine. It'll be like tomorrow. So I'll be fine by tomorrow. It's pretty much how that works. The colds don't really last long in my body, um, and uh, you know I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm similar to uh, you know who. I don't take too much stuff from people, uh, even colds or you know mold, mildew, that kind of stuff. I don't I don't really have much to to uh, to say to those things. So that's what I'm I'm doing. Chris, Steve Fitter, Chris, yeah, I'm up for I'm up for a wild hog roast, dude. That'd be great. I, I'll, I'll I'll roast it. Well, I won't roast it, but I will. I'm up for one. You see, uh, President Trump. I was going to start the show completely differently, but um, now I've I've changed uh, changed things around a little bit. First of all, that racist Donald Trump was down there for that racist uh, Republican candidate, Cindy Hyde Smith, is going to uh, run over the democrat today in the in the in the race they they've tried so hard to turn her into a uh, a racist they've tried tried so hard to turn her into uh a you know mississippi burning died in the wool confederate whatever and it's just not working and it's not going to happen she's going to win the race handily there in mississippi but who who am I, who am I to tell you that i lo- i love the fact that though they've pulled out all the stops Yesterday, of course, you know, Casey was in, and uh, Casey came in, and he was uh, talking about how she talked about uh, lynching. I said, well, she really didn't talk about lynching. She was talking about a public hanging. And and, and he was uh, apparently crazy over the fact that, uh, that, that she said something that involved a rope. And therefore, since she said something that involved a rope, uh, they decided they were going to uh, say that she was supportive of lynching. 
and of course, she was talking about a public hanging, and then she wound up apologizing for it, which she didn't need to do. And and uh, again, I, I don't need to be overly nuanced about this, but a a lynching was never a public hanging, and and a public hang was would be far different than a lynching, because a a lynching by its very nature is that what it is? It's it's a uh, behind the scenes type of uh, in the middle of the night type of horrible act that racists committed against black people and and they would do something like that and, th- and that's how they that's how they worked that whole thing is they they would do and it would be it would be a lynching a public hanging is different than than that uh back in the day you know public hangings they they did do them but it was back like in the old west and that kind of thing but uh nonetheless they they really tried to make her out to be like the biggest racist on earth I'm going to get to that. I'll get to it now, in fact, because it's 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 a pretty big deal. But uh, one of the things I, I want you to know, though, is I determined yesterday that apparently, you know, one way to look at this border invasion, which, by the way, they they claimed was never going to happen. The networks have yet to. Uh, and Jim Acosta, remember this whole thing about Jim Acosta, this whole deal with Jim Acosta was over this uh, claim somehow that the president was wrong to call this an invasion. Remember that? That was the, that was the whole reason why Acosta got into it and, and was so upset is because he was challenging the president on him calling this an invasion. But, but the reality is that's exactly what this is. And the other reality is that, that that President Trump has apparently made America so great again that people are blasting through the borders and jumping over women and children to get here. Throwing rocks to get here. That's that's how great President Trump has made America. Although I will tell you it's happened before. And Obama actually used tear gas. But you you you'd think President Trump was Adolf Hitler now that he's using tear gas. And yesterday, towards the end of the show, uh, you know I, I, I told you about that one picture, right? The the one picture that everybody is using. Can everybody raise their hand and say they saw the picture of the lady with the uh they saw the picture with the uh Lady with her Elsa and Anna shirt on and the little kid with the wiffle ball and diaper. That one. That picture was like taken from, you know, seven different angles and and they showed it that way. But yeah, that 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 was I told you that. Right? How many how many times over the course of the day did you see that picture that I was describing at roughly eight forty Yesterday, I told you that was going to be, and of course, just wait, because eventually they're going to call it the iconic photograph. Like uh, the, the the one of, you know, Thuggy McThuggington there in Ferguson. Remember that guy, the Molotov cocktail and the, you know, and the flag bandana around his face. And, and then the, and the, and then the president, uh, 
the the president the the post dispatch called it iconic. It was their own photograph. It's like, really? Where do you get off like calling your own photograph iconic? I think I think that that word uh, iconic needs to be left up to like other people to decide. Like if I came in and said, you know, uh, that broadcast yesterday that I did was iconic. They're like, well, Alman, you you did the broadcast. I don't I don't I don't think you can call that iconic. I'm not quite sure the Rolling Stones, like like Mick Jagger, would ever say, you know, I I. I this 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 record sure is iconic. It's like, no, leave that up to other people to determine. But the post was like they called their own photograph iconic. What a bunch of ass wipes. Sorry, that was a bad word. I mean to use that. Yes, it's uh, quite iconic. Uh yeah, Mama K. That that photo I told you, I'm telling you, I'm not I'm, I'm, I might look stupid, but I'm really not that stupid. I can see this stuff a mile away. And I told you that yesterday. I did change my clothes. I'm just, I'm not dressed. I'm not, I did do, I'm wearing a different, uh, different outfit. It might not look like it, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> where were their shoes? I know, Mom, okay. It's like, where were their shoes? I mean, you know, why did he have a wiffle ball? I mean, you know. It was ridiculous, and they, and they, and what they did was they pushed these people forward, and then j- summarily jumped over them, and 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 like, uh, you know, used the women and children, and most of the people are male. MSNBC, I have a whole, I have a whole thing here, where MSNBC all but admits these these people were uh, mostly male, and it's it's crazy. But I told you that photograph was going to be the big the big thing. You know, it was it was you couldn't have. You know, if I didn't know any better, I would. I wouldn't. I, I. I would think that those people are, you know, they just they 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 were before this. They were like in some kind of apartment in Santa Monica, and they just dragged him out of there and did that. But yeah, it was. I told you that photograph was going to be the one that they used the entire time. So anyway, back to Mississippi. I know you guys want to talk about this, and I and I will, but I want to focus on this Mississippi thing because that's today. And this is going to be another example of uh, another race. And now, again, I I might be shocked. I might be surprised by it. I might be, I don't know. Yeah, the the, the Elsa and Anna shirt was like like it just came out of the laundry. These people have been in, these people have been in in a caravan for how long? I guess, I guess those, I guess those rolling, you know, buses with their with with their uh, with their blinking hazards must also have, you know, they must also have uh, washer washing machines in them somehow. I wear my hood like I'm in Ferguson. I should I should be throwing a Molotov cocktail here. Here's my iconic photograph of Jamie Allman in the studio about to throw a. Here, take a picture of this. There, see, that's me in uh, in Ferguson. About to whack a cop, although it's the cops who are the uh, bad guys. But just don't don't you mind us. It's just we're going to make the iconic photograph of Ferguson, where we describe the police as the worst perpetrators in the world, 
And we're going to show, though, as an iconic photograph, a picture of some thug throwing a Molotov cocktail or whatever it was. What was it? A can- tear gas canister or something back at him? Yeah. So anyway, down in Mississippi, it's going to be another one of these things where the media told you that this uh, this Hyde Smith lady is going to get uh, defeated. She might be the first Republican ever defeated in Mississippi because uh, the uh, – oh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Margaret. She says look very great in hoodie wear. Yeah. That's how I walk into banks every day, and they don't mind at all. Oh, yeah? Why? I don't know. I was supporting that. <laughs> oh, stop now, Father Tom. I'm <laughs> Father Tom saying, I'm, I suddenly am Obama's imaginary son. <laughs> you guys are you guys are good. You guys are very sharp this morning. It was allowing me to laugh and take a sip. By the sun. If I had a son, he'd look like... I'm, I'm sorry, my voice is not as good today. Hey, that looks like... That J.B. Allman looks like my son. He didn't build that. Somebody else made that happen. Anyway, they're, they're, they're deciding... They're trying to decide this race for you down there in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota. Mississippi. Sorry, I'm really trying here. And uh, they, uh, they, they, they... That... that public hanging thing they've been trying to you know mississippi people are going listen it's not a that's not a lynching but she still had to apologize which is ridiculous but they were all over the whole there is still a major senate race to be decided now three weeks after the midterms voters in mississippi oh calm down gee whiz dude do i have to put up with you every day with your little skinny tie and your hanging on to your anchor desk for dear life mr muir God, you just make you make my my ass tighten just looking at you. What's wrong with you? Calm down. It's a news. There's still a major Senate race to be decided now. Three weeks after the midterm. Oh, is it right, John? Is it going to be happening now? Right now? Is there is there really going to be a major Senate race decided just in no time? Uh, is, there, is it an emergency? Why don't you just have like a? Why don't you have like a flashing light at your anchor desk for me? Oh my God. Calm down. You're making me nervous. There is still a major Senate race to be decided now, three weeks after the midterms. Voters in Mississippi <gasps> head to the polls tomorrow. And tonight- oh, they do tomorrow. Is that right? Tomorrow? Does tomorrow need you to go like an emphatic tomorrow with your hands like tomorrow? With your jazz hands? Tomorrow. Like tomorrow. Tomorrow is going to be the uh, race tomorrow. It's today, actually. I'm using it from yesterday. Tomorrow. It's funny. I love watching these guys when when they're on the anchor desk. And um, and Muir's, in, Muir in particular, because the guys, like Brian Williams used to do that every time he lied, which was every day. And he would uh, he would tend to, like, hold on. You guys can't really... If you're on the stream, you can't really see me. But he's uh, he's um, he's holding on. He, and, and Scotty, he, it is kind of like a Chris Hayes delivery. It's like a really weird, you know. But but he's holding on to the desk like it's moving, like he's like he's like like he's surfing, like the desk is moving through the air, and he's like holding on to it and 
Sir, good, good. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, good morning. Uh, good afternoon. Good evening. Uh, I'm David. Oh, there's death falling out. Like, what are you, like, they're hanging on to it. I can't figure out why they're hanging on to the desk that way. Like, why you? Ha- why do you have to have your arms, like, flailed out on the desk like this? Like this. Like, what makes, what, what helps you in your delivery? And, and it looks, like, completely unnatural. And I'm, I'm no expert. Otherwise, I guess I would be an anchor. But, you know. But he's like, he's like, uh, <laughs> yeah, Mama Kate, drunken desk desk spins. But he's like, he's like this. He's hanging. Good evening, everybody. I'm Jamie Allman. I'm like, if I did that to you people, you'd be like, what is he doing? Like, if I did that, uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, uh, Elaine, you're right. Chuck Todd does the same thing. That's because they're it, usually what happens is when they're when they're when they're doing that kind of thing. They're really not sure of what they're 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 not sure of what they're saying. So their body language is kind of like uh, more theatrical. You know, and like sometimes people like when they're like they'll do a stand up and they will um, you know go on their tippy toes and stand like that and you know do move. You know, you should you should, you should notice it sometime. I mean, what else is there to do when you watch like local TV news but sit there and overanalyze the gestures of the anchors and reporters because they're not telling you anything except for what body was found and what alley, you know. So why why not just just make fun of them because they're not telling you anything about, except for like about, about an abandoned building fire or something going on. Not, but nothing, nothing that's coming out of their mouth is really of any... <laughs> Any substance necessarily, so you could you might as well just like haze them and make fun of them. Look at that dude, is he? What? No, he didn't. Did, did he take an eyeliner and like outline his uh, sideburns? I think he did. Yeah, it doesn't like. Does she? She did. Oh lord, I definitely think that that's yeah. No way, that's not real. Yeah, that kind of stuff. But yeah, no, she's um but he's like holding on to the desk for dear life. Then he becomes theatrical because after all, when you name a state in the union, you must take your arms and be very emphatic about that about said state. You know. You gotta be you gotta you gotta you gotta do the because because after all, when you're trained on Broadway like David Muir has been apparently, or I'm sorry, uh, summer theater in Springfield, Massachusetts, whatever, where it came from. But when you say the name of a state, you know, it is something you always have to do is, is put your arms out emphatically and, and say the name of the state. There's an election going on in Mississippi. That's what you must, you must put your arms out Mississippi. And it's kind of like, it's interesting, though, because the gestures that are made, and hang on, let me just bear with me here for a second while I uh, do this nonsense. It's actually, uh, it's, it's, it's a gesture that isn't warranted for the word. It's kind of like really weird watching people emphasize, uh, you know, 
things that aren't things you emphasize. Like you're naming, you're saying Mississippi. There's no reason for you to flail your arms and 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 and, and you know point out you know. There's a here. Here it is. Uh, meanwhile, there is a primary election in Mississippi. It's like, well, who? Why are you doing that? Now, I guess it'd be different if you were doing something where you, uh, uh, where you did the uh, Mississippi and you like outlined the state. Meanwhile, in Miss, you know, and and you put your arms, you made the square in Mississippi, and, and you know, you made an outline. Then that that would be maybe remotely excusable or remotely like entertaining if you did that. But at uh, least. Lisa, I think you're right uh, that, in fact, I do believe it it helps them believe what they're saying. I honestly believe you're right. I don't know whether you have any increased uh, expertise on the matter, but that does tend to be psychologically the way that you would look at something like that, 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 that people who do that or doing that are actually trying to reinforce, you know, what they're saying it's like what it's it's like when you have um Nancy Pelosi and she does the follow the bouncing ball gesture and I don't know whether you noticed that but when you, back in the day when they had uh they had the uh you know the, car, the cartoons you know before we went to school we'd watch all these follow the bouncing ball and it, and it'd be like the uh you know a cartoon it'd be a song in the cartoon and it would be, come on, everybody, follow the bouncing ball. And the ball would bounce over the words. That's how you knew what words to use and everything else. Well, uh, the <laughs> Lisa, like, my boss is that way. Well, I mean, hope he's not listening. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, so Nancy Pelosi talks like that when she's going, doing her thing. You see, I am going to eventually make every female as powerful as I am in the house. Never, ever, ever, ever. Oh, my little pet Chihuahua Ocasio Cortez is now doing everything I'm asking her to do. I know that she one time wanted to, or if you're listening, you're not seeing this, but I know she one time wanted to maybe keep me from being the house speaker, but I decided that she was not going to be doing that anymore. And especially since she doesn't know that there are three branches of government, I will take care of that. Don't you worry. Oh, and that black lady, what's her name again? Martha Chocolate Face. Oh, Fudge. Martha Fudge. That woman is never, oh, I think she wanted to become Speaker of the House, but follow the bouncing ball. Uh, she will never become Speaker of the House because I will be because that's how it works in the Democratic Party. You see? Yeah, so she follows the bouncing ball. Follow the bouncing ball. Follow the bouncing ball, everybody. Well, we've got to get back to David Muir, don't we? As we first began. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was still a major senator to be decided. <laughs> Wait, you guys are funny. Mama Gay said, then, of course, um, then, of course, I, I forgot, I forgot the, uh, Nancy Pelosi draws a blank part of that speech. And then um, Nancy, I'm sorry, that's my name. Um, Then Ocasio-Cortez, 
Crouton. What's her name? Ah, uh, anyway, healthcare, uh, wage increases, and uh, pre-existing conditions. That's that's what that's what we're talking about here. That's where we're here to be talking about. And <laughs> see Bob's red while doing it. We're vicious this morning, aren't we? Love this. Yeah. Anyway. Wait, David Muir has something to say to you. You guys need to major Senate this. race to be decided now three weeks after the midterms. Voters in Mississippi will head to the polls tomorrow. And tonight, the president is there putting his support behind Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith, who has been under fire. And tonight, more of that video now surfacing, during which she says if she was invited to a public <laughs> hanging, quote, I would be in the front row. <laughs> I, I don't know why people talk like that. I mean, I, you know. I, you know, I mean, who knows? If I was about to do a public hanging, I'd be in the front row. It's like, yeah, who cares, right? She's the next U.S. senator from the great state of Mississippi. BBC's chief national affairs correspondent, Tom Yamas, is there tonight. Nooses found hanging today outside the Mississippi state capitol. Yeah, who hung the nooses? Black people, liberals. It's like, it's like, it's so funny how how the everybody's bitching about this woman talking about public hangings and lynchings, and the way they protest it is by hanging nooses around trees outside the Capitol. It's like, um, what? Like, <laughs> hey, you know what we'll do? To battle this racist talking about public hangings and lynchings, we're going to hang nooses around a tree outside the Capitol. It's like, really? And, and what's even funnier is that they have access to nooses. It's like, maybe you ought to be like the ones who we ought to be investigating here, not anybody else. Because where the hell do you find a noose? Or even know how to make one? Oh, I know. All the all the liberals in Mississippi had to do was ask their fathers how to make a noose. Daddy, how'd you Daddy, how'd you lynch that black man back in the 30s? You, can you tie that noose for me again? Because we want to we want to hang a a noose around a tree so that we can uh, claim Republicans do it now. Yeah, that's right, buddy. You ought to do that. Because back in our day, we we never would allow anybody to find out what we were doing. I've been glad to make a news for you, son. Thank you. Like hipster son asking his Democrat daddy to make a news for him. With his beard and his checkered shirt and and his cuffed jeans. I know. Uh, they're like all the all the all the left wingers are like, oh, we gotta hang a noose. Where do we go? Ask dad. No, I'm sorry, grandpa, maybe. I gotta go back to the thirties, so it's like, yeah. Ask Grandpa. He'll make a news. Ask Democrat voter Grandpa. He'll make a news for you. Ask ask Mississippi Democrat committee man Rastus Johnson to make a news for you, hipster boy. But it's so funny how that's how they, that's how they, that's how they protest is by actually putting something horrific around a, a tree. Marcation, if you're listening, like, why would that be something that a, that a Democrat or a liberal would do? It's, it's almost like 
uh, it, it's almost like the it, like let, let's pretend like you uh, protested somebody making some kind of anti-Semitic comment, and you did it with with everybody carrying you know cardboard ovens or leaving like an oven outside. It's like, why would you put? Why would you, as a Democrat or a liberal, decide the way you're going to protest? A candidate, because they made some comment about a public hanging, is by putting a noose around a tree. And and, and that's your protest. I mean, that's that's unbelievable. Like how how is it possible that, that you can figure out that could be your deal? You know, now because keep in mind, had a supporter of this woman put a noose around a tree. There would have been hell to pay, but you guys are like, I know what we'll do. We'll put a noose around a tree. That'll show them. It's like um, nothing this woman could have possibly said coming out of her mouth could have conjured more of a menacing image than what you just created outside the Mississippi State Capitol by putting a noose around a tree. I mean, if I were these news people, I, I, I would be doing an investigation in, in, into who put the nooses around the tree. But they did. Along with these signs. More of that video now surfacing during which she says if she was invited to a public hanging, quote, I would be in the front row. ABC's chief national affairs correspondent, Tom Yamas, is there tonight. And by the way, when there were lynchings, there weren't rows. Like, there weren't rows of seating at lynchings. I mean, listen, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about lynchings. Uh, but but the lynchings I've heard of were like these things where they do these, like in the dark of night, they lynch somebody, and these people wind up on the tree, and, and it's, you know, people find them in the morning or something. In fact, I don't, I don't think in Mississippi... They had public hangings where they just hung people because they were black in public. I mean, there's, she even said the first row. So it's like, well, okay, what lynching had rows of chairs where people watched the lynching? I mean, here I am, like, trying to detail what a lynching is and uh, but but why? How is it possible that that someone saying a public hang in the first row turns into a noose around a tree? Because even even then, when they didn't have when they had those, they didn't have rows of people. I mean, I'm I'm twenty three seconds into this monstrosity. This is found hanging today, Smith, who has been under fire, and tonight more of that video now surfacing during which she says if she was invited to a public hanging, quote, I would be in the front row. Right. What would, what's wrong with that statement? I mean, I know Casey was like, rope Mississippi. You can't say both in the same, in the same sentence. Oh, really? What, where did you come up with that? Uh, that's the rule. You can't, and you can't say hanging in the South. Just so you know, I see. But when you protest somebody saying it, you make a noose and hang it around a tree. Yes, that's what we do. That's how it's done. Don't you understand? No, 
I, I have no idea how that's that that is what you do. See, we protest racist people talking about hangings by making nooses and and putting them around a tree. I go, oh, okay, that's a very interesting way to protest to actually do the thing that is most offensive that could possibly be most offensive. Like if, like if a racist wanted to scare and menace black people, they would put a noose around a tree. Well, no, they wouldn't. They'd put a monkey in the noose. That's what they would do. A, pa- a monkey, they, a pet, a, a toy monkey. That's what they would put that around that. That's what they would do. Oh, okay. Now, now I know the difference. Yeah, we go out and we go to Walgreens and buy a toy monkey and put that in there. That's how that works. I see. So, uh, so you're protesting the Senate candidate saying something that's in no way, shape, or form remotely related to a lynching by by mimicking a lynching. She said public hanging. Make a rope like a lynching. It's like... But they, and they, even when they had public hangings, they didn't even do it around a tree. That would be a lynching. Listen to us. ABC's chief national affairs correspondent, Tom Yamas, is there He's tonight. He's the chief national affairs correspondent. You mean the reporter? Chief, chief national affairs correspondent, executive committee member. It's like chief national affairs correspondent. You guys act like you are the the, the kings of Siam here. I didn't know where Siam was, but I know that you're acting like you're the kings of there. That's for sure. Chief, chief, this is... 22 seconds in, and I feel like I'm watching some kind of, like, uh, Broadway production of This is the News. You have David Muir with all of his ridiculous theatrics, and then you have uh, the chief national – you guys don't even – see, we don't even we're, – we're so, we're so used to seeing this stuff. We don't even pay attention to how ridiculous it all is anymore, right? In, until you hear it from me, like you're – you probably do anyway. But what I'm saying is you're like um, – yeah, you're right. Chief National Affairs Correspondent. It's like, you mean the reporter dude from going to Mississippi who got the call to take a plane down to Mississippi? Yeah, she's our Chief National Affairs Correspondent, Executive Committee member. Emeritus. Oh, okay. Whatever. Knock yourself out. Because, and and it's, like, it's like they, they, uh, they, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mama K, I don't have a, you know, a feathered headdress on. Now you're getting into trouble. But yeah, I mean, you know what? What they, these people are so self-important. Twenty-two seconds in on this thing. Good evening. I'm David Muir. I don't know, David. Is there a, is there a fire someplace? No, there's not. But beware, because there's a, little, a primary election in Mississippi. I'm like, okay, we get it, dude. But it involves a woman who made a statement about public hanging. I go, I okay, right, got it. In the first row, which means lynching. I'm like, yeah, but there wasn't a row when you lynched somebody, and it wasn't public. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Jamie. I'm David Muir, and we're about to go to our chief national affairs correspondent, 
to tell us everything you need to know. So quiet your yourself, Almond. Trumpy, quiet yourself. It's time for David Muir and Chief National Correspondent Affairs Emeritus Board Member to tell you everything there is to know about what's going on. So shut up. Okay, I will. New- Behind Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith, who has been under fire, and tonight more of that video now surfacing during which she says... She's been under fire by, like, people who aren't going to vote for her, by the way, and the news media. So she's basically been under fire by people she doesn't have to give a shit about. No, she does. Why is that? Well, because I'm David Muir. And I'm with CBS, CBS News. That's who I am with. Is it CBS? No, it's ABC. Oh, okay, sorry. But no, be careful. You, you'd, think, you'd, you'd think like the, there was actually a California wildfire burning right behind his ass, the way he's acting like this. It was in, there was still a major Senate race to be decided. Now, three weeks after the midterms, voters in Mississippi will head to the polls tomorrow. And tonight, the president is there putting his support behind Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith, who has been under fire. And tonight, more of that video now surfacing, during which she says if she was invited to a public hanging, quote, I would be in the front row. Whoa! Because this is so important, you know what we're going to have to do? We're going to have to call on a very special and particular correspondent. It's not just a reporter. It's a chief national affairs correspondent, Jamie. National affairs? You mean like just like stuff going on? Yeah. We call that national affairs. Does anybody ever call it? Na- no. But we call it national affairs. Are you quiet? Your little Trumpy face. And we're going to do this for you. Listen to us. BC's chief national affairs correspondent, Tom Yamas, is there tonight. Nooses found hanging today outside the Mississippi State Capitol, along with these signs. One reading, we're hanging nooses to remind people that times haven't changed. Really? You are? You're hanging nooses from trees to remind people that things haven't changed? Yeah, like our ability to make nooses. Oh. Because we're Democrats from the South. We were good at making nooses. So we're reminding people how easy it was to make nooses. Just so you know. It's like, okay, things haven't changed. No, they haven't. Not for the Democratic Party, apparently. You still know how to make a really good noose. We're going to show people how to make nooses. I mean, those are pretty menacing nooses, too. But Hyde Smith is under fire for racially charged comments recently caught on camera. Your comments have- by the way, how are those how are those comments racially charged, by the way? Well, like, but like, like who determines what's racially charged and what what is it racially charged? How are those racially charged comments? Yeah, Margaret, we're watching the news or Masterpiece Theater. No, Margaret. No, I'm David Muir. I'm an anchor. How dare you? How dare you insinuate somehow this is masterpiece theater? You just said theater. No, I know I did, but uh, how dare you think that that's what I said? I'm thinking this is the news. It's not masterpiece theater. You mean theater? Yes! 
chief national affairs correspondent Tony Yamas is going to tell us about everything we need to know about how Democrats apparently haven't forgotten how to make nooses. So they hung them from trees. So, again, can anybody tell me how the, how what she said was racially charged, unless you're just somebody who is deciding that that's what you're deciding it is? When you say I'd sit in front of a public hanging, how is that racially charged? Unless you've determined that it is. Great number of people. We already have. No, you haven't. But Hyde Smith is under fire for racially charged comments recently caught on camera. Your comments offended a great number of people. We already have. No, you haven't. I'm I'm wondering though. Video from earlier this month shows her alongside a supporter joking that if he ever invited her to attend a public hanging, she'd sit in the front row. For anyone. By the way, who is this guy doing the correspondence, by the way? Is that National Affairs correspondent? It's like, who is that dude? And that it's like it's like this. The guy sounds like the uh, the dude from uh, Fractured Fairy Tales. That was offended for my by my comments. I certainly apologize. We already have. No, you haven't. I'm, I'm wondering though. She she did already apologize for for her comments, but none, but nonetheless, she it, this becomes a whole thing where she's got to be the one that is now suddenly having to be the one who apologizes. And, and, and I, didn't, I didn't think actually she, that she necessarily needed to apologize to begin with, but she did anyway. And, 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 and then ultimately that's, that's, uh, that's what happened. And so this whole story that you're seeing here from CBS News is completely, totally trumped up and and network after network after network has declared that T is indeed uh she's a racist because she said public hanging. I think we've kind of beaten this thing to death, but nonetheless, I'm gonna get to I actually need to get to my um oops, what are you doing? I need to get to my we're having internet problems again apparently. I need to get to my national anthem here and then uh coming up next we've got uh we've got um my buddy Jim Carafano, who's going to be with us. Well, I actually am late on the national anthem, aren't I? But I will get to it in a second here. And then uh, we've got that going for you. Boy, we've got so much going on. And and you guys forget, don't you, that uh, that our buddy is back, you know? Fucking John James. Yeah. John James is is, is quite po- – his name is being bandied about as, as a potential uh, – a uh, person who might be the one who's who's uh, named as the uh, next ambassador to the UN, and I'm telling you, if if President Trump names him as the next ambassador to the UN, President Trump better, and I mean better, introduce him formally with his with his formal name. When he does name him to as the next U.N. ambassador, I'm just telling you, I, I, that's just my opinion about it. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios, it's Radio Free Almond DDTruckUSA.com, and here is our national anthem. 
What would you do with the money if you didn't have to pay your house payment for two months, especially around the holidays? That's right. No house payment for two months. This is James Hawkins at Golden Oak Lending. Don't let money problems spoil your holidays. You can use the increased value of your home to pay off bills or get cash out. Put two months of house payments in your pocket. Visit GoldenOakLending.com or call 314-567-GOLD. NMLS 1149-37-111 West Fort Plaza, St. Louis, Missouri. Call 567-GOLD. Good morning this morning. Yes, indeed, everybody. It's time. Radio Free Allman. Good morning this morning. Live from the Discover Design Studios. Truck Care Manufacturing, ddtruckusa.com. Good morning. Thanks for joining us, people. You're the best. Thank you to Matthew Mitchell and the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. 855, quote me. That's right, people. That's where it's all about. Every day's a holiday. When your lips meet mine, people. With our love. Let me get Jimmy Carafana here real quickly here. And so am I. Come on, people. Don't pull me off Facebook, please. Passing around wine. Sounds like the 70s to me. Uh, let me see if I can. This phone, Jimmy? It's halfway high. Because that was the weed back then. You usually only, usually only got halfway high with the weed back then. Good morning. That's after you, after you cleaned it on an album cover. A Sticks album cover, for that matter. I don't hear those. Uh, I don't really hear those that or that synthesizer much anymore. I'll call him anyway. Here, I'm so glad to see that that uh, President Trump has made America so great again that everybody wants to come here, and they'll even trample over. What's the automatic voice message system? I will. Hey, Jimmy, it's Jamie. I'm calling you on the uh, your your cell phone line. You're listening to Sticks. And I'm just trying to figure out where the hell you are because you said you're going to talk to me today. 
you're going to be my be my man today. Let's see here. Two five zero. Oops. Yeah, I called it. Okay. Well, call me back or let me know or text me and let me know when you're when you're there, where you're there. Unless you overslept or something. I am. Press one to listen to your message. Press two to erase and to send your message with normal delivery. Press one. Let's send it to emergency. Message with urgent delivery. Press two. Two. I'll do that. Is there really? Your message has been Thank you. Bye. Is there really any thing such as? Um, is there really anything such like when you send a message urgently? Does it really go or like what does that do? What does that do, Miss America? Tell me. If I press one for normal delivery, does it different if I press two for emergency delivery or urgent delivery? Is it urgent when I press two or are they just telling me that? Please tell me. I know you have the answers, Miss America. You always do. Please tell me. Please come forward and and tell me whether if I press one, will it be the same as two, or two, will it be more urgent than one? Please inform me with your wisdom. Or just play the guitar. It doesn't matter. Whatever you want to do. I thought maybe you'd be having some big answer for me, but instead you're just going to jam out and rock. <laughs> I mean, I like sticks and everything, but that song blows. Really? I mean, come on. You know, really. Is it, am I wrong? You're my right. Uh, I think, I, yeah, come on. You don't have to sit there and talk through that thing. You were you were doing well there just by playing, but I don't need the uh, I don't need that. I do like this though. I kind of do like this. I, I never really understood this one though as much. This was a little much. It's like when Yes went into their Tormato phase. Like I liked Yes. The road to Zanzibar. I don't even know whether that's the word or not. But Yes went into their whole thing where they were doing the... Uh, they were doing their Tormato face. I love Yes. I love, a, I love what Yes did with their lives. But they, they, they did go into Tormato, but I even kind of like that area a little bit, too, because I was a huge, uh, I was a huge Yes fan. I am wondering who I am. You know what's even worse, though, is when I do the, I do the iTunes thing. I do, I, and, and I actually have to do the T-U-V-W-X-Y. I have to do that still. It's probably because I'm probably overly tired or fatigued, but 
But I, I still have to. I still have to like wind, find out like what is the, uh, what that is. But Tormata was interesting. It was kind of like a a new, uh, a new kind of. Uh, like, I like some of the. I like some of the songs, and this reminds me a lot of like when I was a kid. People don't understand the beauty of yes. I love these guys. I'm a big fan of yes. Come on, people. Okay, office. I love this song, by the way. Called Future Times, people. God, I remember this like it was like yesterday. I love that song. Can we have a rocker singing about Solomon? I mean, come on. What, what more do you want than... Rockers singing about Solomon. Love these people. All right. Okay, Jimmy just told me. I wasn't stalling. I was like, I have a million, jillion things to talk about, but I just want to. The one thing I really did want to talk about, though, more than anything, is, um, is, the, is that I like the line. You guys can use this if you want to. How apparently the president has made the country so great again that everybody wants to come here and will trample over women with uh, with Elsa and Anna t-shirts on and kids with wiffle balls in their hands. It's telling you. Jim oh, Jim Carafano, how are you, my friend, for crying out loud? I was just, hello? Oh, did this not work again? Damn it. Hang on. Let me see here. Jim Carafano. Hello, Jim Carafano. Jamie Allman here for Jamie Allman. Are you ready to go? I am. All right, let me get Jamie Allman real quick. Hold on a second here, please. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, how you doing? Good. How are you doing? I I survived Turkey Day. And all the other days in between. Oh, yeah. You've been busy, buddy. <laughs> uh, it, it's been a busy year, and uh, and the world's been busy, so there you go. Yeah, the world has been busy. You know, I, I haven't even gotten to uh, uh, discuss the thing going on with uh, Russia, Ukraine, all that kind of stuff. But I do want to do something really quickly because Heritage and you guys do so much uh, when it comes to uh, immigration law and border enforcement and everything else. You guys are just like right on top of this and have been for a long time. But I'm finding what's happening. First of all, we were told for a month before the invasion actually occurred that this was no such thing as an invasion, that they're still a thousand miles away. It reminds me of a Baghdad Bob going, you know, uh, they are not uh, close to the capital yet. There's, there's no way. You know, remember Baghdad Bob over there in Iraq? 
and keep kept telling us there's no way Saddam was going to but 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 these people now suddenly are doing exactly what the networks all said wasn't going on so it's a very interesting situation down there at the border you know there's this old saying you throw spaghetti at the wall and and see what sticks and i, I don't know who thought of that cuz it kind of sounds dumb but that definitely seems like the criticism strategy. So then they just said, oh, well, as soon as the election was over, Trump stopped talking about it. So he just made the, you know, the whole thing was kind of made up. And of course it wasn't made up. It's a real tactic. It's specifically designed to challenge the border security. And when essentially the, they came to the border and the administration said, no, we're not going to roll over. You just don't get to walk in the country. They rioted. And what did the left do? They attacked the president. I mean, it's just nuts. Well, it's, yeah. it's like if, it's like if somebody robbed a bank and they and then they they went out and boycotted the police station. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny though too is because is is because I'm trying to figure out like what exactly is going on here. Like I, I like I yesterday at about eight forty. Uh, and and the, uh, this, of course, is when the picture was really starting to make the rounds of that woman with her Elsa and Anna shirt on and the two kids. And Reuters took her picture from about 15 different angles. And so uh, every news agency used like one particular angle of that. I don't think there was any doubt this woman or these kids were obviously in a certain level of stress. But I tried to maintain that. I said one of the reasons for that is because I guess they claim that this was like a peaceful, uh, some kind of peaceful march, even though they always say that. They, they did the same thing down here in Ferguson all the time. It was like, a peaceful march has turned violent. It's like, um, okay, maybe, but it doesn't seem like there are too many peaceful people there to begin with. But nonetheless, they wind up putting these children, even the, even the border guys were saying they put these children up there first, then they basically just started to walk crawl on their backs over to go through the border wall. It's like, I mean, this is crazy. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I have no patience for any of this. This is this is simply child endangerment. What adult takes a child to a riot? I mean, that's just wrong. And to somehow blame the administration for that is just, it's just unconscionable. I mean, I, it, the, it, and, I mean, it's literally, I mean, it was so hard to wrap your, I mean, it's just very, very difficult for me to wrap your head around because essentially what are, are we really have politics really devolved to the point where the choices are protect our border or not have borders. Cause that just seems where the, the left is going. I mean, you know, people are constantly playing these clips of, you know, different liberal progressive leaders from a decade ago saying, oh, yeah, we ought to have border security. Oh, yeah, you know, people shouldn't be able to walk in the country. You know, you know we ought to verify people have a job and stuff. And 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 that's gone. I mean, that rhetoric is completely gone. I mean, are are they really serious? Is the alternative is just we're an open society like George Soros wants? Because that seems what, what our politics have come down to. That's the choices we've been given. Enforce the laws that have been on the books for centuries or have open borders. I mean, have our, and that's what I'm just scratching my head at. You're a smart guy. Help me out here. I mean, have, have we really devolved to that kind of naked, you know, getting power at all costs is so important that it, it doesn't matter if we take our, our political positions to the point of idiocy. 
Yeah, and, and, and what's crazy too, though, is also this uh, wild uh, uh, comparison uh, to, uh, I, I, well, Ocasio-Cortez compared to like people fleeing the Holocaust. I'm like, uh, first of all, can we can we please end with the Holocaust references for crying out loud, for, uh, please? Uh, and and secondly, uh, they're they're acting like this has never been done before. When in fact, I think in was it 2013 that. Uh, President Obama. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I saw that reporting. Um, as as well, it's you know when people riot, what are the police supposed to do? I mean, it's you know just just the lack of proportionality. I mean, look, here's normally if you wanted to get smuggled in the United States, you would go and find a, a human trafficker and pay him ten thousand dollars, and not only would you have to pay him you know, five or six or seven or $10,000 or it led you to the United States. If you try to sneak in on your own, the human trackers would catch you and kill you because you didn't pay them. And so a bunch of people come along and say, Hey, go to the United States. We'll give you a job. They'll put you on welfare, whatever. Life will be great. It'll be easy. Just, just march with us. We'll, we're going to give you food. We're going to give you shelter. Don't worry. We get there. The Americans will let you in. Don't worry about it. Right. I mean, who wouldn't sign up for that? I mean, I, you know, I told you I had three, I had two analysts and a, and a reporter at the caravan and they just walked around and talked to everybody. And, and I, I'm sure you saw the tweeting about that reporter from MSNBC the other day. I said the same thing is the vast majority of these people are men who are not even, not only would they not satisfy for a refugee claim, which is credible fear, but they're not even really economic migrants. It's not that they're desperate. And, they, and they're starving to death, and they can't get a job anywhere. In fact, people in Mexico offered some of these people jobs. It's just that they think they're, they're going to walk in the United States and have a good life. I mean, and literally, that's, that's what open borders is, is anybody can live anywhere they want in any way they want. I mean, that's, that's a vision of the world. I mean, and that's what this debate's come down to. Yeah, well, it, it's not about it's not about human rights. It's not about fairness. It's not about abusing children. It's not about you know whether we're attacking you know immigrants with chemical weapons. It's about a choice between do you want to have a country that you control, or or do you think that anybody can live anywhere, anytime, any way they want? And you know, it's interesting, Jim, when it comes to the uh, the the narrative here. That's the new thing. I even heard it this morning. Uh, and 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 I heard it yesterday too, that they are excusing some of the violence and rock flo- throwing, and the actions on the part of some of these people as they're just hungry. They're, they're, they're saying a lie. Of course it is. I know, but but that's but that's what I'm hearing is that, well, you can imagine they're frustrated because they haven't had any food or water. I'm like, what? I think I saw. Yeah, I mean, you know, how, there, there was at one place, I can't remember what city it was, where they came through, they were given clothes, and they were given food and everything else, and one of the townspeople, like, did kind of a iPhone tour of the aftermath, and was like, look at all this stuff that these people left behind. Every piece of clothing we gave them, they just left in the gutter, and the food we gave them is still sitting here. It's like, okay, right. crazy. Yeah. So the the lack of proportionality here is just you know stunning. So for example, the U.S. government's getting ready to uh, endorse the 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 reality that much of what was done against the Rohingyas uh, by the uh, Burmese was basically a genocide. 
So here we have a real genocide. We have a million Uyghurs, which are in a detention camp. And, and the left of America is obsessing about people illegally trying to come in on the American border as the great human rights crisis of the day. Um, you have Donald Trump says something that is mean and whatever, and that to them is akin to Nazism. But yet people attacking public officials at the border, throwing rocks at them, that that's that's an expression of of, of human rights. Right. We we've just we just lost a moral compass here that it's like spinning in little circles. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I, you know, and, and you know, it's, you know, like, do you ever see those horror movies? Like where, you know, the guy's going to die. Yeah. Like, like, dude, do not go into the basement. Right. I, I mean, I've been dealing with this issue for, you know, 15 years now and I've just watched us methodically, you know, get to the point of, of silliness. Um, and I remember someone says, is any ideology stretches extreme just becomes, um, you know, madness. And and it's true. I mean, you know, we went from, uh, we all agree that the border needs to be secured to now we're violating the border as a human right. I mean, how, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. I, I no. I, 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 so, so do you think that in the end, despite all the theatrics and everything, do you think that the adults in the room have this under control? I, and I realize that, you know, I, I, President Trump has been very steadfast. It looks like we're getting even some uh, cooperation from Mexico, it seems. Uh, or am I missing something? Because it seems like we're... No, actually, you know, you know, we talked a lot to the Mexicans. The, the Mexicans actually, and the incoming Mexican government, recognize this as a threat to Mexico. That if, if these caravans can just do this... That that's increasingly going to become a threat and a problem for Mexico. So they're not crazy about this either, and and even though they don't like you know helping enforce U.S. immigration law in their own self-interest, they have an interest in cracking this down. So they've been sharing intelligence. Law enforcement's been cooperating. The income incoming governments have been cooperating. And the key thing now, which is it's not about you know, uh, the key thing now is 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 the deterrent. If people think they just can't waltz in the United States, this caravan crap will stop. And sending that message is the single most important thing. Now, I would also point out a small irony here um, for people that say, we don't need a wall, right? What stopped those people from just walking in the United States? <laughs> yeah, right. That, that, that's true. I mean, I, it, it, <laughs> and now, yeah. yeah. And now it's become, we don't need a wall because it keeps people from just walking in the United States. It's not that we don't need a wall because walls don't, you know. Uh, make us safe. It's we don't need the wall because it's stopping people from just coming in here. That's their argument. I, I think we're in for a really interesting week or so here when the when they push the issue about border funding uh, in the lame duck and the thing because um, I, I, I just really wonder if 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 um, if the left really wants to go there if they just want to frame this as a a debate between open borders and the law and you know of course they don't want to do that. I mean they're. The, the rhetoric isn't, it's like, well, it's all Trump's fault. You know, Trump does everything wrong. There was an article that, you know, uh, that guy from uh, Texas that laws, you know, Beto, what's his name, said, well, if I were in charge, here's how I would have stopped the caravans. But, but it's all just blamed. But the reality is, is, is their policy is open borders. And, and do they really want to go there? Is that really the, the emblem? Is that what the, 
what what the liberals of America really want to stand for. What they want, they really want to stand with George Soros and and say. We're just one big open global society. Kumbaya, everybody moves where they want, lives where they want, does whatever they want. And is that really going to make people happy and safer and better off? I, you know, here's the thing: is is what I think they're missing in all this, because now now we have this migration pack and refugee pack. What they are doing is they are handing they are handing tools over to evil people, because now what you're basically saying is if you have if you have legitimatized migration for any reason then anybody who wants to attack somebody else just put a mass number of people on the road and and that becomes a good right something you can't stop this is this is the great way to destabilize the world and it doesn't make people safer you don't you don't help masses of people you don't make them safer and happier and wealthier and freer by forcing them or encouraging them to mass migrate in the, in an uncontrolled manner um that just creates wars. And so what we're doing is we're actually giving people another tour, tool to provoke things. It's like, it, it's, it's like you know, just giving somebody a nuclear weapon, except it's a bunch of people walking on the ground. It's nuts. Yeah. I, you know, I've always maintained, Jim, and I think it's an excellent point you make <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, reg- regarding you know, uh, the morality of certain kinds of uh, processes and processes. And, and and I've always maintained that the encouragement, even of sanctuary cities, has a level of amorality to it built in, which is you're automatically creating a subsystem of human existence that that right. that is is not fair to the people who are living in this subsistence of human existence, right. and, and so it's, it's 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 not a policy, and it can't possibly be described as humane. Right. I mean, sanctuary cities, you know, create safe havens for criminal aliens. I mean, that's just a fact. You know, we've actually seen people do this. You know, Putin and Assad essentially created a mass migration and and dumped it in the West. I mean, and the Europeans are still living with the consequences of that from 2015 when a million people showed up on their shores. I mean, that was a conscious act by Putin and Assad to drive people out. And what we're doing is we're putting instruments in place that, that facilitate that. It, it's, you know, it's like, you know, putting a gun in the hand of a five-year-old and tell them to go target, to have target practice in, in the, in the playground. Yeah. I mean, it's just nuts. Well, and, and it just, it seems to me to be, uh, and, and again, you know, the, the, like the, like that picture of the woman and her two kids is supposed to be some kind of mirror on how evil President Trump is and America is. When actually, I look at a picture like that and see a crying child, and I'm looking at the errancy of the policies of the open border people, the liberals who just want people to team over here, but would never in a million years take anybody in for that matter. And and it just seems to me to be very irresponsible and, and certainly not a, a humane way to, uh, to have people be part of our society and of this great country, which, of course, we've never actually – stop doing we've always been very inviting and generous to people as long as we have a system that uh, helps us do that in an orderly fashion right well, I mean, we still taking more immigrants than anybody else in the world we still taking more refugees proportionally than anybody else in the world um I, you know the one thing i saw in that picture was i saw an, an abusive adult who was irresponsibly putting children in harm's way for for, for no good reason that's what i saw but 
make no mistake, the reason why we are where we are today, and this is not a partisan comment, it's just a fact, is because for eight years under Obama, essentially we create we we taught people how to game the system, how to how to get at the door, put in a, a, a facile claim for refugee status, walk in with your family, get released, and then and then knowing that you would never get deported again. And so we have created all the incentives that made things like the terror the caravan possible. So I mean you it is the fault of the last administration which which created all the conditions to train people on how to beat our own border. And then these are the people that then turn around and attack this administration saying, well, it's all, really all your fault, right? You're just mean or something. Um, we have, uh, I mean, uh, immigration, this has become, I, uh, you know, I give Trump credit. I mean, whether you like him or dislike him, um, this is this has become a kind of a defining issue for America. I mean, it is a question about, you know, this is the rule of law or an open society. You, your pick. I mean, that's what yeah. it's come down to. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, you know, I was also thinking to myself, too, yesterday, because I've never really believed I've, I've heard uh, people on the right talk about it this way. And I've really never been able to jump to that conclusion necessarily that there was this kind of like this this underlying plot just to simply get more Democrat voters in here. And I don't know whether that's true or not, but it seems to be. Oh, I think it's far bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, I, I do too. But but it was like yesterday it was occurring to me as these people were making these excuses for uh, these people doing this. I was thinking, what motivation do you have to be comfortable with these people doing all that, and I, I do think it's a little bigger than that, obviously. But but I'm just saying that that boy, you, you're trying to figure out what the motivation could possibly be of somebody who thinks it's a good idea to have these people in this particular situation, and and not step you in. You know, here's and the it. irony. Right? Here's the here's the irony. Look, our economy is growing. We're at near. We are, you know, past the point of what was traditionally considered full employment. We are rapidly approaching the point where if, you, if you're in America and you're capable of holding a job, you can get a job. So we're going into a phase where, where you, you can make the argument we need more labor in our labor market, right? Whether it's temporary workers or, or more uh, immigration. Um, there's going to be a legal pipeline to come here. That's, that's going to be fairly healthy. And, um, we are ignoring it. Right. Um, you know, what we ought to be doing is, is what we ought to be doing is, is we ought to be securing our border and we ought to be modernizing our legal immigration reform. So people that want to come here, uh, legally can and be integrated into the, the labor market that we have, which, would actually give them jobs. Um, it's, uh, it, it, it's, but we're just, you know, we have, we have devolved into this kind of Manichaean politics of uh, where the other side, you know, I used to say, you know, if you look at this problem, we agree on about 80% of what needs to be done and we disagree on 20%. And the problem was, is that, Everybody always wanted to hammer out the 20% before they did the 80%. They wanted to hold the 80% hostage for the 20%. Right. That, I don't know if that's true anymore. We now have this kind of 
100%, we almost disagree on everything, and everybody wants 100% of what I want and nothing what the other person wants. That's the political choice that we've given to the American people. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. I, I, I mean, you know, it's like you can have riots at the border or you can have no border. Which one do you want? Right, right. Well, and, 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 and again, you know, we don't know how this is all going to boil down, but it looks like uh, hopefully – when it comes to the tear gassy type of atmosphere, whatever that's going on, I hope that that we've seen the last of that part of it and that there's going to be people stepping in, like you talked about with Mexico and everything else. And actually there's going to be some orderly reduction of of whatever tension is there because well, this can't possibly be good for any side you're yeah, on. I mean, the reality is, is if we just stick with this, people will quickly decide that this is a bonehead thing to do and they'll just stop doing it. Right. Exactly. And it'll go away. On the other hand, if if we let people in in a disorganized manner, well, it'll be just like '86 when we you know did an amnesty. We and then we say, oh, well, you know, and then all the amnesty did was encourage more illegal migration. And the we we had about three million people that got legalized in '86, and decades later the population was 13 million. So yeah, right, um, you know, yeah. So if if we let the caravans work. Then you're just going to get more caravans. Well, one 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 thing is is true apparently by the, by the if if you really had to gauge it on how many people are now uh, desperately trying to get in here is that perhaps uh, the president indeed has made America so great again that people will squeeze wiffle balls and take their kids and wear Elsa and Anna shirts and be trampled on just to get here. So who knows? Uh, hey, by the way. Uh, do I have to worry about this? Uh, do we have to worry about this Ukraine, Russia, whatever's going on over there? What's happening there? I, you know, I, it, it seems like things have calmed down a bit since yesterday um, by some of the reporting I've seen. So I, I, I do think it was um, a poke as opposed to uh, an escalatory crisis that that seems like right now. Um, depending on the yelling and screaming, I actually, you know, the administration came out. As did NATO. Everybody came out and said, "But the Russians, that is unforgivable." Um, personally, I, I would prefer that the president not meet with Putin at the G20 and just put a finger in his eye. Um, I, as far as I know, that meeting is still on. I would hope that the president would raise the issue. I, I doubt that. Um, on the other hand, you know, make no mistake, America is not soft on Russia. Um, not only were we, I think, strong in our support of the Ukraine in our public statements, but um, U.S. is going to pull out of the INF Treaty, which really teased the Russians off. Um, you know, again, uh, you can say what you want about the president's rhetoric, and you know, I get these arguments all day long. Is I go back to what is actually U.S. policy. U.S. policy is tough on Russians, and the Russians hate it. I think Putin has just bought more sanctions. Um, I think this is another nail in the coffin of Nord Stream 2. It's difficult to politically maintain support for that. Um, I think uh, the U.S. is going to pull out of the INF. So the the more Putin does of this, the practical consequences are always worse for him. So, and, uh, yeah. but, um, yeah. I, 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 G20. I thought the last meeting where Putin was there with any U.S. officials when uh, that video of, of uh, Vice President Pence staring Putin down, basically, and then uh, yep. I thought it was funny because you had Pence there 
And of course, he was—he looked like the Michelin Man. He—they they must have had him in one of the biggest uh, bulletproof vests I've ever seen in my lifetime. And they have him there. And then, then, then he's staring Putin down, and Bolton is like laughing at something. I, it was—it was so good copy, bad copy. It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, I understand. You know, the presidents always maintain this notion that I want to keep the door open in case yeah. the Russians change their behavior. And you know, look, I, I was talking about this the other day. Look, you know, people always say, "Well, the Russian and Chinese are going to get together and gang up on it." And I'm like, "That's not going to happen." And the Chinese think the Russian is is dead country walking. They're just waiting for the Russians to collapse to pick over their bones. I mean, if Russia was smart, uh, they would realize that that throwing in with the West. Is much more likely to protect them in the long term than than pushing on the West. And uh, but but I don't see Putin ever doing that. I don't see him ever changing. And and the reality is, is as long as he's not changing, he's a danger to us, and we have to treat him like a danger. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, man. I uh, thanks for uh, hooking up today. And it's it's a crazy world, but I, t- I got to tell you. You know, as much as you know, and, and and we haven't even gotten to the geopolitics of the of what's happening over in France and the gas tax, but it just seems to me that that uh, that I felt going into the Thanksgiving holiday and here going into Christmas that it seems that there's a level of even as you look at at, at the theatrics, and I think they are down at the border because the news media you can always rely on them to have that one picture in Ferguson, they did the same thing. They had the one picture of the guy, you know, with the Molotov cocktail or throwing the canister back. And that became the iconic image imagery, whatever. But Americans just seem to be so much smarter. And we're, we're looking so further past uh, the news media's representation of things. And I think that, that there still remains a sense of uh, security. I think, I think Americans seemingly, uh, are okay with how things have been going, and, and I think the president's leadership on a number of issues is even surprising. Uh, even some of his biggest detractors, I saw uh, Senator Mike Lee on TV last night, uh, and I'd never heard the guy speak so glowingly about the president and his and his and at least his leadership on foreign policy issues and things that a more libertarian guy would agree with. So. I I don't know I'm I'm feeling pretty good about what's going on but who knows. I, I yeah it's all a little exhausting but it is exhausting. Uh, well for yeah. you yeah I mean for, yeah. I mean you've got you've got you you can cover so many bases there at Heritage and and I and I have to tell you though um just as a little inside baseball I'm not it's not this isn't Kasich's by the way by the way talking to Stephanopoulos going we need to talk offline about my upcoming candidacy. I want to, but but I'll talk online with you right now about, and we talked a little bit about this at one point. But the, uh, you know, Radio Free Almond 2.0 is going to be de- be debuting as of uh, right after the new year, and uh, 2.0 meaning we we have a whole new setup. We've got our phones and st- going on, and all kinds of stuff with, with that. And, and and of course, the expansion of the network itself. I will be on a dial position by then. Uh, for a portion of the morning. And so I'm going to have about four, five different platforms that the Almond brand can reach out to. So I've got that. I've got the dial. I've got the, I've got the Facebook. I've got the stream and the podcast and YouTube. 
And so ultimately, I know we talked about the possibility of trying to get Heritage to do something on a more regular basis on the network that would be an hour that you all could play with with whatever you want to do. So I'm just throwing it out there. I'm not putting you on the spot. I'm just throwing it out there that I'd love to have a chance to have you guys involved in this some way because you because with the stream and the app and everything else, you're all it's it's nation worldwide. So hopefully that fits it's into a, Heritage's it's model. It's just another threat. Now I have to worry about Almond taking over the world. I <laughs> 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 just had the Russians and the Chinese. Right. Oh man! So, no, well, okay, now I'm not going to get any sleep. <laughs> well, we'll right, talk brother. eventually about it. Hopefully, okay. That'd be great. All, all right, right, man. Talk to you soon. See you later. It's Jimmy Carapone. Right. See you, buddy. Love that guy. Good morning this morning. Uh... I've seen all good people turn their heads each day so satisfied I'm on my way. Live from the Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing Studios, it is Radio Free Almond. Don't forget, Proctor spelled like Dr. Proctor Drapery dot. Tom, window fashions, people. Take a straight and stronger course to the corner of your life. Really looking forward to the Make new year. So, so crazy. She has What's happening, y'all? Got a lot to talk about this morning, though, too, still. I got a vacation sent me the. Sent me the article of the New York Times on coal. Love this song. Use me I love yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. You know what? Uh, but he sent me the article on, on coal. How would you get rid of coal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, of course, just a pile of. Baloney. Move on back to yeah. You, you, you have to understand that one of the reasons why China started building so many coal plants is because of our involvement in the Paris Accord. I hope you know that. They were the only ones not required to fire their own citizens and and destroy their own citizens' industries, which is what we did with coal. You know, China built all these things up, and now suddenly they're the leader in uh, windmills. I'm like, I get it. So we got that going, and we got we have all this like panic over the. Uh, uh, they've got all this panic over global warming and climate change and everything else. And Americans are going, uh, thank you for telling me, but I'm not going to buy that Volt, by the way. Just so you know. I'm going to buy a bigger car. And that's what they're doing. And GM is suffering because of it. Remember when President Obama said, I'm going to buy a Volt. I'm, I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be the first president to drive a Volt. Remember that? You know, we'll have tape of it. You don't hear you don't hear a tape of Obama lying. 
I'm going to buy a Volt. I'm going to be the first president to drive a Volt, Chevy Volt. Now, uh, the Chevy Volt was an interesting car. I drove the, I drove a Volt for a while with Weber just because I was checking it out. Chris Squires, why don't you take it away, buddy? Do it. Do it to it. Your bass. Greatest bass player ever lived, as far as I'm concerned. All right. So, uh, okay, I got to stop this. They're going to pull me off Facebook sooner or later. Idiots aren't paying attention anyway. Whatever they're doing. I've been getting away with a lot of stuff today. A lot of music today. I wonder why that is, Matt. Like, I've been playing Traffic and Yes, and Facebook's like, they're asleep. What does it take? To, I mean, I'm trying to get kicked off of Facebook. I'm just saying. I'm trying to find out what the, what the, uh, what the trick is, what the key is. Because, you know, I'm playing Yes and Traffic, and I love that music. But if, that, if, if that's okay, if that's cool, then I'm going to keep doing that. Because they're they're apparently not um, they're not paying attention at all. I don't know. I've seen all good people turn their heads. Just keep playing this all day long. I can listen to that all day long if you want me. To, I, I could do that. A little rhythm of love. How about that? This is one of their uh, later versions. Breathe deep. The silent. What was that? What was that? What was that uh, Those guys. There's a singer. Can't remember who they are. Oh, look, it's a butterfly. Oh, look, it's a bumblebee. Oh, the sun is rising. Oh, look, madrigal singers are singing. Why, it's Tuesday morning at Radio Free Almond. All the buddies are hopping. It's. Market time! Yeah, that's right. Radio Free Almond, people. Merry Christmas. All right, now I'm playing with fire. I know, I know. I want to get to. I want to get to Barack Obama lying about the Chevy Volt. Hold on a second here. You didn't build that Volt. Somebody else made that. Somebody else is not buying the Volt. That's right. Because uh, you ain't buying the vault either. Because the fact that you didn't buy the vault meant that GM started to... You're like, um, no thank you. I will take the, uh, the the truck that's 10 times the size of the vault. Thank you very much. And that's what you did. And so now there's uh, the vault and the cruise and all those things are kind of going away. People don't like driving in small cars anymore. I, did they ever really? <laughs> Sometimes I've I've seen people like um, stacked into uh, small cars. And I'm like, going, well, you poor thing. One T bone and you're dead. It's like wow, you know. I mean, you you you. Uh, it, it's it seems dangerous to me. Uh, to do and, and I realize I think you're I think you, you I think you think you're helping the environment by jeopardizing the lives of you and your family but 
you know, and I, I love the little, what were those things called? It wasn't the Fiat. It was another one. I almost bought one of those. The Mini. The Mini Cooper. Man, heaven forbid. How many Mini Coopers are actually um, still have to be like, uh, shoot, uh, have to be crowbarred from the grill of Jeeps everywhere? Because I'll tell you, those things are tiny. Although they seem reasonable at the time, but the only way that these small cars actually do any good is when everybody else is in a small car. Like in Italy, you know, they're all driving around in these Fiats and things and, and, these, and these Opals. You know, they have the Opal over there still. And, you know, they used to sell the Opal here back in the 70s. Uh, and, and, uh, but they've got opal, opal plants running over there in Italy all over the place. But the, but but they're all small cars, and they're all doing like eighty, and and they're and they're working roundabouts, and things work really well in Italy when they are when everybody's driving the same small car, and everybody's driving the same small car at eighty miles an hour, and everybody's driving the same small car using roundabouts, and you're just buzzing around like busy bees, and then you got to. Then you got uh, then the other third of the nation is uh, riding on motorcycles, and they're all zipping in between the cars. Boy, I'll tell you what, that wouldn't work here in the U.S. People, people are way too weird about driving here in the U.S. Like they wouldn't let them. Like motorcycles, like in Italy, the motorcycles all kind of weave through traffic, and people kind of let them do that because what else are you going to do? I mean, you you know, you're really going to swerve over and say, I'm not letting that motorcycle pass me. But that would happen here in the U.S. in a, in a second flat. It's like people would, like, turn into the lane, you know, and, and wouldn't let a motor. I was like, why wouldn't you? These motorcycles aren't doing anybody any any harm. And, in fact, thank God they're they're driving motorcycles because if they were in cars, traffic would be just that much more busy. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 in Italy... You know, people are like, the, the, like might be annoyed by motorcycles. Well, why would you be annoyed by motorcycles? They're not cutting you off. They're maybe scooting past you in traffic. But, uh, but for every motorcycle you see, that's not a car. So it's fantastic. It's like that's a, like that's a big ass deal over there. Because because man, I mean, you look at the number of people driving motorcycles. You're thinking, man, if all those were cars, we wouldn't be moving anywhere. But yeah, so anyway, so everybody's driving small cars. So it doesn't work here in the U.S. You've got people driving tiny cars, and then you've got people driving these, you know, F-150s and stuff. And it just, it doesn't really work that well. I mean, it doesn't take very long for people to be driving like in a Mini Cooper, sitting in traffic with an F-150, and they're thinking, um, I don't feel safe. Do you, Bill? No, I don't feel safe either. Do you, Johnny and Mir? No, we don't feel safe either. Yes, we're going to get an F-150. And by the way, did you know uh, that the F-150, by the way, uh, you know, with, with, with the, they're, they're, these, these big-ass cars now have get, get such good gas mileage that, uh, that people don't have to worry about it anymore. And gas is cheap. So with gas cheap and and the big ass trucks and stuff getting good gas mileage, why would you choose a Volt? 
I mean, it gets to the point like 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 Marcation has to lie about driving an electric car. Yeah, I drive an electric car. It's like, no, you don't. Yeah, you're right. I don't. It's like you know they they got to the point where they have to actually lie about it. And and the Volt, by the way, was also kind of uh, federally subsidized anyway to a certain degree. And 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 so people are people are choosing the bigger cars because they can. I mean, because you know. And some people prefer smaller cars, and that's cool. I mean, a lot of people like that little sporty, zoomy type of thing. I, I get it. But generally, people just love the big, big truck. The gas mileage is good, and gas is cheap. Now, how the, how the Jeep managed to avoid better gas mileage technology is beyond me. Because I know every time I turn around, I got to fill that bitch up. So I don't know what's going on with that thing. But it's a Jeep. I'm like driving like a, you know, it's it's a different than a truck. It's like a Jeep. So uh, I, I'm, I'm trading in a fun, wonderful, utilitarian, awesome, you know, ride. And that I, that I actually love my Jeep and everything else and trading in for a little bit lower uh, gas mileage. But that I don't know what it is, but that thing is that thing just chows gasoline. I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is, but. It's like, well, that's what you get from pretending you're, you know, driving in the mountains when you're not. It's like, I know. But I love the the look of it. Anyway, so President Obama said he's going to drive a Volt. Yeah, where's your Volt, dude, that you said you were going to be driving? You know, uh, I'm I'm going to get a brand new one right off the line. (laughs) Sure you are, baby. At GM's Hamtramck plant in Detroit... (laughs) Yeah. Where I got to get inside a brand new Chevy Volt fresh off the line, even though Secret Service wouldn't let me drive it. But I like sitting in it. <laughs> it was nice. I bet it drives real good. You mean well. And five years from now, when I'm not president anymore, I'll buy one and drive it myself. Liar. Yeah. Where's Jim Acosta when you need him? Hey, President Obama, where's your Chevy Volt? That's right. I'm going to buy one of them Chevy Volts. I'm going to be driving one five years from now when I'm out of office. It's like, no, you're not. You're going to be in a Chevy Volt. Yeah, sure. And your kids are going to public schools. Yeah. Uh, No. No. They won't. The Volt, uh, by the way, when I was driving the Volt, it was uh, it, it, it had a little bit of a problem with it, and I, I did actually like it. It was kind of zippy, but it was way too uh, too small. I, I, I can't. I'm not comfortable in a, in a car that small, a- and it was um, uh, very zippy and 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 and, and rode nicely. Uh, but it, it wasn't, um, good on a number of levels. First of all, uh, by the way, it's 19 degrees outside. That just isn't, that shouldn't be legal. 19 degrees. Shame on, shame on you. I thought we were, that's because of you people who drove the drive, who, who, uh, did buy the Volts and did buy the cruises and all the small cars and you didn't, uh, greenhouse gas us enough. And now look how cold it is. Shame on you. 
I told you we ought to we ought to be we ought to pull the like the the left like what the left wing does and just start screaming at people in small cars. You're the reason it's cold outside. Shame on you for driving a small car and not looking out for our comfort and warmth. You should be driving an SUV like the rest of us. We should, you know, Maxine. I'll be the Maxine Waters of the uh, of the greenhouse gas promoters. I think we ought to we ought to uh, confront them in the gasoline stations. If y'all filling up your Fiat, shame on you. If y'all filling up your Volkswagen, shame on you. Y'all making it uh, too cold outside, shame on you. Anyway. What was I saying? Oh, yeah. So uh, the Volt was weird because I was driving it, and, and, and you drive around in it, and you uh, and you'd wonder why people wouldn't, like in a parking lot, you'd wonder why people weren't moving out of the way. Like you like you drive, and I, I don't really drive up on people or anything, but you know what I mean. You, you know, you wonder why people wouldn't, like would you you you'd act like you you'd feel like you're in a car but nobody recognized you were in a car like they didn't like am i invisible like what is going on here nobody i i could drive like right up on this guy's uh, literally right up on his physical ass and and he wouldn't even know i'm there until i ran over him then i realized that the cars are so quiet that nobody notices they're there. So you're you're wandering around and you know suddenly the the damn thing it, 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 you, you can't even you don't even realize you're, you're uh, the cars around. I realized it was so quiet. Some of these cars I don't know how that works where they just uh, turn off and then they turn back on again. Like how does that work? It's crazy. But anyway, but but that damn bolt you couldn't hear. That's probably why. Anyway, so GM said it will close five factories and lay off about fifteen thousand people. Uh, and and even though they're claiming that oh this is a sign the economy starting to slow, it's actually not. It's it's a sign that people are choosing different kinds of cars, and GM once again doesn't get it. And, and 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 was slow to catch on uh, because they 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 well first of all there was the temptation to uh, to take the subsidies for the Volt and the smaller cars and those kinds of things and everything else and so they were this is kind of what happens when well when you when you become a uh, a attachment to the government and the government kind of tells you what to do and. You cooperate with the government. You wind up doing things that maybe you otherwise wouldn't do. Like most people in a boardroom of an automaker would look at the vault and automatically declare that a loser. That, that, that there was just no way in hell a car like the vault was really going to catch on. It's small it's electric. Oogie oogie. It's not a car that most Americans want to drive. It's it doesn't seem like an American car. It doesn't have the muscle of an American car. 
and it, it and and it's subsidized. It just it, there was all and it, it was expensive. The vault was a lot of money, and 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 it was another example of how, when the vault is a lot of money, it's another example of how uh, sometimes green technologies are not profitable and don't necessarily work and wind up not being that great for anybody. And and so bye-bye Volt and bye-bye 15,000 jobs with GM, but this is an example of where uh, GM didn't necessarily, I mean, I'm not blaming them completely for this because people's attitudes do change, but keep in mind GM was kind of trapped into making the Volt. They had to make it because it was being subsidized and it was probably part of their whole uh, bailout thing, right? If we're going to bail you out, you got to do this and this and this and this and this. And that's what happens is they came up with the, the Volt, which wound up be, to be a major loser. Uh, and, and I guarantee you, in the back of the minds of the people at GM, in the higher reaches of GM, in the back of their minds, uh, there were people saying, damn, I wish we didn't have to make this thing because nobody's going to buy it. Well, make it anyway because it's being subsidized. We kind of got to do it, and it's kind of part of our deal, so make it anyway, and then it goes away. But but those 15,000 jobs will hopefully be reabsorbed as GM readjusts to the desires of the American car buying public. You just, you know, they're just not going to buy the cruise anymore uh, and, and they're not going to buy the Volt and the Volt's too expensive anyway and that's just as how it's going to roll. So, you know, stick with stick with what, what, what made you famous. Now, I'm not going to do the whole branding thing again. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling you that, but, you know, remember the, wasn't the whole thing, nothing works like a Chevy truck? Wasn't that the, nothing works like a Chevy truck? It's like, yeah, you made trucks. Nothing sucks like a Volt. You could do that. You could do that other that ad now. The Volt. It's electric. You can't hear it, and it's too damn expensive. That'd be the ad I do for the Chevy. It's the Chevy Volt, everybody. It's not even remotely comfortable, but it has air conditioning, and uh, and. Uh, Racket pinion steering. Remember that? Remember that was a big deal? Racket pinion steering is the way to go these days. It's like, yep, yeah, whatever that is, I'm in. I'm in. Good. Perfect. Nothing sucks like a Chevy Volt. It's kind of like um, Barack Obama. I'm going to get him again, too. I, was like, I always like getting Barack Obama because he's first up on the chopping block as I start to uh, take my machete through the jungle that is the jungle of lies being told over the migrant caravan. And and Breitbart has a great piece called Five Times the Critics Mock Trump Over the Migrant uh, Caravan. Oh, come on now. That's not an invasion. Those people aren't going anywhere. They're not coming here. It's like, yeah, right. Whatever, dude. 9,000 migrants have arrived in Mexico now. 500 of them tried to rush the border. The U.S. put the the number at about 1,000, and you see what's going on there. And, of course, the picture I was telling you about uh, yesterday 
is uh, exactly what you saw all day long. I'm not saying I'm a genius, but let me tell you something. I told you that picture of Mama with her Anna and Elsa T-shirt and 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 the baby holding the wiffle ball and I and crying. I told you that that picture shot from ten different angles by Reuters would be the the actual only picture shown by the news. In fact, to the point where there wasn't actually video of it, so even the TV news people used the still picture of it instead of actually video of it because there wasn't any video of it. So anyway, President Obama's first up on the on the hit parade here. This was when he was doing his uh, frowny, angry, and by the way, for Bill Nelson down in Florida, and by the way, the... Uh, the Trump rally in Mississippi was priceless. We're going to get to that in a second. My favorite part of that whole uh, deal with the Mississippi story is, and I'll get to that in a little bit, is that the individuals said that this Republican is a racist because she talked about a talked about a public hanging, and then in order to to protest her comments. And 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 disparage her comments and say that her comments were racist and terrible for the state of Mississippi. They decided to utilize as the main tool of their protest nooses around trees. So so, let me get this straight. So the left wing decided that the comments by this Republican were so menacing and dastardly that she should not be the next senator of the United States. But it's perfectly okay for them to conjure an image so horrid to any black person who must see it in order to protest what she said. You know what we're going to do? Because she's such a racist, we're going to make nooses and throw them around trees outside the Capitol. It's like, Really? That's gonna be your. That's gonna be your process here. You're gonna. You're gonna, gonna make. Yeah, that's right. Uh, my grandpa, a former Demo, uh, my my Democrat grandpa, still knows how to make a noose. Yeah, I bet he does. Was from his Klan days. Your Democrat grandpa. I'll just ask my Democrat Klansman grandpa to make the noose. Because we still. Because they all still remember how to make the nooses, being Democrats and Klansmen. So we'll just ask the Democrats. No, no one makes a noose better than a Democrat. That's for damn sure, right? No one makes a noose in the South better than a Democrat, y'all. Right, exactly. And so they put all their skills, their family skills together and, 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 and came together. Like some people, like my mother, she makes quilts and things like that. But down in the South, y'all... With the Democrats, y'all, they make nooses. The family noose. That's grandpa's family noose. Look at that noose. They hang their nooses above the fireplaces that the Democrats do down there in the South. So they, they probably just grab one of these nooses from uh, grand, Democrat grandpa's collection of them. And now hipster boy goes out there with his cuffed jeans and plaid shirt and dumb beard. And, and hangs 
a noose he grabbed from Grandpa's noose collection, Democrat Grandpa's noose collection, and puts it over the tree to remind people of racism. Yeah, no, you're reminding us of your Grandpa the Democrat is what you're doing. Anyway, I digress. Get all that on tape, by the way. You can quote me. If you want to, quote me liberally. It's fine. Speaking of quotes. Oh, come on now. Um, So Obama's down there in Florida for the Bill Nelson rally and 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 Gillum who we they all thought they were they were sure winners didn't they <laughs> we'll just get the most famous we'll get our first black president to come down here and sweat and scream and frown and that'll be our ticket right to 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 election and re-election that's right and so obama gets out there and uh and remember, it's the, it's the thousand miles away line, right? It's the thousand miles away lie. Those people are a thousand miles away. And I come, and I come in here. Now in 2018, they're telling you the, the existential threat to America is a bunch of poor refugees a thousand miles away. Mm-hmm. They're even taking our brave troops away from their families <laughs> for a political stunt yeah. at the border. You, ag- you, you, you mad, bro? Because he was mad. This is where he was sweat like a quarter horse at that rally in Florida. And he was mad, mad, mad. And the men and women of our military <laughs> deserve better than that. Right, exactly. He tried to make it into like we're, we're taxing our military. By by defend, but we're we're taxing our military. You mean by defending uh, the border? You mean you mean by utilizing the military for one of the few things the federal government is tasked with doing in the Constitution that is defending our borders? You mean that military? Yeah, yeah, that military. That you mean uh, one of the few enumerated powers of the federal government is to defend our borders, but. When when they do, we're taking them away from, around Thanksgiving. It's like, <laughs> Lord, this was great. This was, the, but this was kind of the cla- This was the whopper. This was the whopper lie told. You know, this was this. Twenty eighteen. They're telling you the the existential threat to America is a bunch of poor refugees a thousand miles away. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're here now, bro. And 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 they're and they're climbing across the walls because your predecessor has made America so great again. They can't wait to get here and clean your hotel rooms there, Barack Obama. As you're traveling around the country doing whatever you're doing here. So yeah, that was the first one. Then they had uh, the guy from uh, California say, "Oh, these caravans always get." disbanded there's not really a you know some people said it was even a even a even a uh a, a, a lie to call them caravans like 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 it was even it was even it, it, it was even racist to even use the word caravan to describe them then you had our boy shepherd smith remember that And Shepard Smith was the one who, you know, did his little dramatic pony boy stare into the TV 
telling you that uh, shame on you. How dare you talk about these people being here and invaders tomorrow. The migrants, according to Fox News reporting, are more than two months away, if any of them actually come here. Yeah, right. Yeah. What date was that, by the way, again? Let's see. Uh, that would be, uh, that was October 29th. So, according to Shepard Smith's uh, geographical mapping of the migrants, which he didn't do, they were not supposed to be here until, like, oh, around New Year's Eve or something. So, yeah, he goes up there, and he's uh, he's uh, he's telling you that any, anything that these people are doing, anything that they're talking about is just, uh, is just a bunch of uh, fear-mongering, right? Yeah. But tomorrow is one week before the midterm election, which is what all of this is about. Oh. There is no invasion. No one's coming to get you. There's nothing at all to worry about. Wow. Are they going to replay that little bit from uh, Shepard Smith? From, from Bag- Shepard Baghdad Bob Smith? Remember Baghdad Bob? Let me see if I can find him really quickly. And I'll make a little comparison here if you don't mind, if you can indulge me for a second. Baghdad Bob uh, <laughs> was the guy who was the... Uh, who was the uh, uh, who was the information minister there? And he was the one who kept on saying, like, you know, they're not near Baghdad. I don't know whether this is. Uh, let me just see if this is uh, this is it. They are not near. What is the message that you want to send to the Well, the it's the same message. We will defeat them. We will fight them till we. We clean our country from their dirts. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Shock and He was the guy who kept on. He, he was the guy who kept on telling us uh, that they were they were not near Baghdad. Let me just see if I, I want to find it because they are not near Baghdad. It was like they were like right around the corner. <laughs> it was funny. Hold on a second. Let me let me just see uh, if I can find the quote because now I got now now I got it now I got to do it. Not near. And and that's and and the Baghdad Bob thing is is what we you know it's kind of like the custard last stand. If if we had uh, if we had Custer speaking. Um, in in any way, shape, or form, uh, it, that's what he would say. Let me just see here. Uh, let me see. I, I don't know whether it's here or not, but he 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 kept on going on and on about how they are not near. Baghdad. They are not near Baghdad. Don't <laughs> believe them. They are. <laughs> that's right. This is this one. They are not near Baghdad. They're like basically. It's almost like you're watching Baghdad Bob and you're seeing them right behind him. I mean, that it would be us, of course. They are not near. They are not near Baghdad. Baghdad. Don't believe them. They are nowhere. This is silly. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is crazy. What they talk about there? There's, they're, they're, they're not near Baghdad with Invasion? No. No one's coming to get. No. There is no invasion. No, there's not. 
No one's coming to get you. No one's coming to get you. There's nothing at all to worry about. There's nothing at all to worry they about. They did this to us, got us all riled up. And yeah. Th- 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 remember, this is the result was 14 arrests. <sighs> We're America. We can handle it. Yeah, craziness is what this is. I haven't listened to Shepard Smith uh, lately, but I'd be interested to see what Shepard Smith's talking about now with the uh, with with actually what is an invasion. I'm wondering what he's talking about now. Or is Shepard Smith now uh, just talking about, oh, those little bitty babies and the moms with the uh, Anna and Elsa shirts I was telling you about. They did arrive here, but they were forced to come here. And and, and, and I'm sure, and of course, I don't, I don't want to put uh, words into Shepard Smith's mouth, even though um, it's fun to, not near Baghdad, Shepard Smith. Shepard Smith. They are not near Baghdad, Shepard Smith. But he's probably one of the people in the journalism world who has been um, has been and now the meme. And in fact, I heard this this morning, even on Fox News. The meme is that the people are doing this because they're hungry and tired. Well, you know, when people get hungry and tired. They start to uh, jump over women and children and throw rocks at the military when people are hungry and tired. You have to understand, you know, I you've never been hungry and tired. Have you ever been hungry and tired, Jamie? Imagine being hungry and tired. Imagine being them who've traveled this whole way for a new life cleaning Barack Obama's toilet. And, and and how disappointed it must be not to be able to just walk right in and take a check from the government. You know, it's hungering and tiring. Remember the uh, – and but, but he's probably one of those a-holes on Fox News and beyond uh, – Trying to tell us that actually this is just a behavior, this is a behavior thing that is uh, uh, that that is that is just simply a human reaction to being hungry and tired. I'm just hung- they're just hung. The hungry and the tired have arrived in at the U.S. I mean, I'm sure that's how. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm again. I want to be fair to a certain degree, although I eat, uh, although Shepard Smith doesn't really deserve it. I still want to be fair to to one degree, and then I I don't want him to believe think that. Um, that you know, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to misrepresent him, but 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 there is a meme now among the the news media that uh, that this is all just because they're hungry and tired now, that they're acting out because they're hungry and tired. I'm sure Shepard's pushing that whole thing because he's wrong, and it won't play that tape over again. Oh, there's one tape I love playing over again. You guys know what that is, though, right? You did hear the uh, the news, didn't you? And I don't know whether this is true or not. That President Trump has uh, is planning on naming a a new UN ambassador. Mm-hmm. And sorry, I need some water. I'm actually doing better today, even though I I didn't get much sleep. I'm actually doing better, so. I wonder, if I wonder if sleep actually makes you sicker. I'm starting to believe that. I didn't get much sleep. And I feel better than I did yesterday when I got a little more sleep than I did. And so I'm beginning to sleep. I think that 
<clears throat> when you sleep, it allows the illness to start to take you over, and, and the illness starts to uh, attack you more. And if you're a little wa- awake and maybe have a couple fingers of bourbon, that the sickness doesn't have a chance to get at you because they're, they're confounded. They're, they don't, you're, not, you're not asleep. You got a couple fingers of bourbon going, and uh, and the germs are like, and the sickness is like, well, I don't know, we can't mess with him now because he's not asleep. He'll, he'll know we're there. So uh, maybe not sleeping is the key to getting better. Stay up all night. Nah, I don't know. That doesn't, that doesn't seem right. Don't, I'm not a doctor, so uh, please don't uh, please don't take my advice when it comes to your uh, medical care, because uh, I, I would not be necessarily the the person to um, to call upon in terms of your uh, your your well being. It's probably it's probably not accurate. I can't get um, sometimes I don't get comments on my on my thing here on Facebook. Hold on, hold on. You know, that's the one thing about these uh, social media platforms is I don't really know necessarily um, uh, some things that that don't work all of a sudden. You're like, what what the hell is going on with this thing? And I I can see people, and then I can't see people, and then blah, 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 you know. All right. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Dan's like, that's what, yeah, okay, now I got it. Uh, that's what I do. I stay up all night, most nights anyway. <laughs> so that's good, Dan. All right. So um, speaking of holding on to tape, I really want Shepard Smith to have some balls and play that tape over again and admit he's wrong, but he won't do it. He'll just create another story. So this, there's, so there's this uh, rumor out there, or this thing out there, that President Trump uh, is going to name a, uh, a new U.N. ambassador. And I kid you not, the name being bandied about is none other than John James. Now, wouldn't that be the most amazing damn thing in the world is to have as the next U.N. ambassador for the United States? I mean, would that not be the the best thing if if he were was the next UN ambassador replacing Nikki Haley, and it would be even better if when President Trump announced it that President Trump went out there and introduced John James as the next UN ambassador, but introduced him with his God-given Christian name. Fucking John James. His full name. Anna, you know, I did ask, I did, I did call his people, and um, that was back in the day for an interview over this whole thing. Uh, but I didn't call him for an interview about the UN ambassador deal, so maybe I should do that again. I did call though. They they didn't want to give this woman any any more uh, than she than she needed, but boy, that'd be great. That'd be great. 
Yeah, hide the kids from the RFA. I, I do. I, you realize I've timed this because last time I did this, it was uh, it was uh, close to the nine o'clock hour. So I, I did. I did purposely kind of reserve this little issue for when uh, when the kids are already in school. I'm assuming some of them are, unless they're unless they're homeschooled. Then you got it. Then you got a thing. Then, then you got your homeschooled, your radio's on. Uh, then you got it. Then you got a deal going there. So I, I wouldn't want the kids. The, the last thing I would need is like a kid at the dinner table. Mommy, do you hear that? You know who's going to be the next you investor? Who, honey? Fucking John G. That would not be good. That would not be a good look for the RFA brand. So hopefully that's not happening. But yeah, Emily, you're right. You got I, I normally I'm normally very, very uh careful about what I do. Um and you know. So I hope by putting this on the air that uh ninety seven one doesn't fire me. Fucking John G. Please don't fire me, ninety seven oh, never mind. <laughs> so I'm hoping that they don't. <laughs> But no, he he could be the next U ambassador, and I'll do it one more time, and then I'll I'll be out of your hair. But yeah, he could be the next U ambassador, and uh, and it would be great if President Trump introduced him. And and actually, it'd be even better if uh, if John James himself went out there after it being introduced by President Trump, fucking John James, as 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 him, and he came out and said, "Hello, my name is." And I'm putting the world on notice that I'm not taking any garbage from anybody. He sounds like Barack Obama. I'm sorry, I only have one voice there. But yeah, so uh, that's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Did you see um, John and Mika? I mean, sorry, John and Mika. Joe and Mika got married. Joe Scarborough and Mika Brzezinski got married over the weekend at the National Archives in D.C. And uh, they decided that they were going to have their uh, wedding in front of the Constitution and suggested that maybe because the wedding was in front of the Constitution that it it means that... uh, that Scarborough might have um, presidential aspirations, and that's why they chose the uh, National Archives to to, to do the uh, to do that. And, and so uh, they they had they were married in front of there. It was kind of interesting the way it was presented. I normally don't want. I don't like to get too. Uh, personal on these relationship things because it's none of my business and and so i i and and plus i i don't i really you know I, i'm i'm glad they're happy and i'm glad they are uh, uh they're 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 married i mean you know and I, I don't judge on that level but joe and mika are off today and this week why you ask they had a very busy weekend joe and mika got by the way i thought willie geist was on nbc or so was he on the today show or something like that like what happened to him I don't know. Here, let's just figure this out. And this week, why, you ask? They had a very busy weekend. Joe and Mika got married. 
It was a small, yeah, give him a round of applause. Don. There you go. A small private wedding took place Saturday at the National Archives in Washington with the Bill of Rights and the Constitution as a backdrop. Why? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess some people get married in a church. And if, if people believe that the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and whatever is important to their relationship or whatever else, uh, you know, then... Uh, I guess you would do that, but 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 it's also it's also typically pompous of Joe Scarborough because he believes that President Trump's like a Nazi and anti-constitutional, so they decided to get married in front of the uh, archives. And with the Bill of Rights and the Constitution as a backdrop, Congressman Elijah Cummings officiated. <laughs> Elijah Cummings really officiated. I mean, uh, first of all, I, I'm surprised he understood a word he said when he officiated. And uh, Cummins is the one that'll just, I mean, why? I don't know. It's their wedding. Leave him alone. ...ceremony, which he and Joe wrote together. Joe and Mika were surrounded by all of their children, which made it very special for them, their kids. It's interesting. They, they did say they were surrounded by all their children, but they're but you don't see them. But I, I don't know about I'm, that, that's that's where I get uncomfortable because it's none of my business. But it did say they're surrounded by all their children. I thought, well, I'm going to see a picture of them surrounded by all their children, and I didn't see a picture of them surrounded by all their children. And again, it is TV, and it is um, it is uh, you know it is. I, I generally, when I was a um, when I when I like when I was in TV, I, I sometimes would put the kids on, but. Generally, I avoided uh, the the children on TV, but maybe that's what they were doing. Their family and a small group of their close friends were there with them in Washington. Our congratulations, Mike. I talked to them last night. They sounded great. They're happy. They're excited, of course. Yeah, well, congratulations, uh, Joe and Mika. They, uh, he, 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 there's a possibility uh, that, uh, that they would... Uh, you know, there's a possibility they would quite possibly he would run for president, but I don't know. You know, he it's funny he used to be um, uh, he used to be a big supporter of President Trump, but then uh, decided they weren't going to be uh, supporters after all, and became like one of his bigger biggest detractors, and. Uh, and that kind of that kind of changed the changed this situation a little bit different, uh, and and, and uh, that changed things all around. In other news, I don't know whether you guys have been following this. I did kind of follow this a little bit uh, on on and and she's uh, Mia Love. Uh, this is really a bad development, um, because because Mia Love has decided that she's going to be another to join the ranks of uh, the the sore losers out there. And so Mia Love, as you know, in Utah, she's the uh, she's the congresswoman who uh, thought that she was a shoe in uh, to to be the next. Um, I don't know why my, my 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 sound isn't working here. Hang on. Let me see here. By saying such a thing about. 
So Mia Love was the one who thought it was going to be a good idea there in Utah because all the other Utah congressmen were being this way. Uh, or U- Utah politicians like Mitt Romney and others were pretending they didn't uh, like Donald Trump or or they were pretending they weren't very close to him, even though, of course, uh, they were needing Donald Trump uh, to win. And Mia Love was one of these people. She kind of came out of the Tea Party. I remember her being fairly popular at the time and won her congressional race. Uh, back in uh, 2015, I believe. And uh, she was uh, also one of those people, though, who came out uh, and and thought that uh, President Trump should have uh, gotten out of the race after the whole uh, NBC tapes came out. And, you know, the, the, you know the, those tapes, and she was among the people who said that she believed that he uh, should drop out of the race. So she was a detractor uh, of his for a while. And, and then, um, and she still is, I think, a, I, I still think that all told that I'm sure she still has a, a relative level of con- uh, conservative cred. She t- still talks like a true conservative. And I, I, pre- I appreciate that about her. But she shouldn't have lost this congressional race uh, and did. And in some ways, she lost because she decided to continue to not embrace President Trump. Uh, President Trump did decide that they were going to uh, to uh, do a tape. He did, he did a like a robocall for her. Like a vote for me, a love, uh, but she uh, she decided that she was going to only, or her campaign did, only use the the tape for already predisposed voters. Like she only, I, I think they only targeted people who already basically were going to vote for her. So I think she was trying to have it both ways, where she allowed the president to record a, an audio tape for her and her campaign but then actually didn't utilize the uh, audio tape um, to to people who might have actually helped her win. And so her campaign was uh, relatively lackluster, and she didn't – she thought she was going to win. Well, I'm a Republican in Utah. How could I lose? Well, by not being – Buds with Trump. That's how you can lose. And, that, and that's just the reality. It's not my fault that, uh, that that's the reality. It, it, it's, uh, it's the way it goes. It's not my fault. But that's the game. That's how the game is played. I guarantee you, had Josh Hawley decided he didn't want to have anything to do with uh, President Trump, Josh Hawley wouldn't be wouldn't be the next U.S. senator from the state of Missouri. I guarantee you that. Trump is the reason why Josh Hawley is the next U.S. senator from the state of Missouri. That's just the plain and simple fact of it. And you can like it or not like it, or people could like it or not like it, but the reality is that's that's exactly what this is all about. 
And Mia Love didn't go there. I'm a Republican. I'm a black Republican in Utah. I could definitely, you know, do this race and handle this. But you know what? You're running against the mayor of Salt Lake City. And you got to imagine that's probably a pretty popular guy in Utah as a Democrat even. And you, and you got to worry about people like that. You got to be concerned about that. But she didn't. And then she came out and conceded finally after there was a uh, a recount and or, or, or there was some kind of thing with the election. It was very, very uh, close. But uh, did Facebook fuzz us up? Why? Did they fuzz me up or just the, uh, or the whole thing? Because I could see the. Oh, our screen. So it's something to do with Facebook on their end. They're trying to figure it out. Huh. Is everything fuzzy? What if they're doing that because uh Oh, the Christmas lights. They're censoring the Christmas oh no, they have Christmas lights. Let's fuzz that up. Pretend they're not there. Or maybe they think I'm the Unabomber. And they're fuzzing, fuzzing the screen up to, to, to fuzz me out so that I don't have Unabomber influence over the masses. I don't know. Maybe they, they maybe, maybe I don't feel, I don't feel fuzzed up. I don't look, uh, I'm looking at my phone. I'm not fuzzed up on my phone. Yeah, all right. Okay. Anyway, so Mia Love decides she did a concession speech and she's going to lash out at President Trump. And, of course, the, the news media loves that because anybody who attacks President Trump has instant credibility with them because they hate him. And so Mia Love decides to do something. It's very, This is really disappointing and uh, too bad. But The president's behavior towards me made me wonder. What did he have to gain by saying such a thing? Yeah, the, the, the president... Uh, the president was like, you know, she didn't give me much love. Remember that? After she lost. And he goes, I, I, he goes, sorry about that, but you didn't give me much love. And it's like, no. Well, she didn't. And the president said that. And so she, in her, in her concession speech, she decides that she's going to lash out at the president over the whole thing. But it's, it's, there's more than that. If you're towards me, made me wonder. What did he have to gain by saying such a thing about a fellow fellow Republican? It was not really about asking him to do more, was it? Or was it something else? Well, Mr. President, we'll have to chat about that. Yeah. She's trying to insinuate that this is all about her race, which, of course, is complete BS. However, this gave me a clear vision of his world as it is. No real relationships just convenient transactions. Huh. That's interesting because I, I because it appears to me that she's the one who wants the transactional relationship. Right? Because because President Trump when he said she didn't show me real love, President Trump actually wanted to have a relationship with her. 
he he wanted he wanted to come and campaign for her and do whatever, but the campaign didn't want that. Uh, t- so so really, if you want to get right down to it and you want to go uh, philosophical here, because she is, oh, he just wants transactional relationships. Actually, no, you wanted the transactional relationship. You wanted to be the next reelected Republican congressman from Utah, just cause. And and just because you're a Republican and so as a popular president who's a Republican, you thought that would get you where you needed to go without having a relationship with him. So it seems to me that Mia Love is the one who is desiring the transactional relationship with, with no real relationship, right? Wasn't she the one that didn't want the real relationship? So what's she what's she bitching about here? But yeah, it goes on. That is an insufficient way to implement sincere service and policy. Above all, my experience in the last year has provided me a big reminder of who I am and what my purpose is. Keep in mind, by the way, uh, President Trump, when he talked about the she didn't show me love, it came after her defeat. So so he wasn't responsible for her defeat. I mean, he he well in in some ways he is because uh she didn't invite him there. She didn't want him around. And they and they and they uh censored or or uh played down his the robocall he did for her. So I don't I don't know what she's complaining about here. And, and why it has anything to do with President Trump other than she just wants to make a deal out of it because she knows she's going to get attention because she's another Republican who hates Donald Trump. So that's going to give her some sea legs. Because believe me, the news media is pretty much sick and tired of Jeff Flake. And Ben Sass is a buffoon, uh, not very smart and not very entertaining to talk to. And so Mia Love might be the next big rising anti-Trump star. And, 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 and she's got to do something now that she's lost her congressional race. So, yeah. This election experience and these comments shines a spotlight on the problems Washington politicians have with minorities and black Americans. <sighs> oh, sorry, I'm yawning. Ugh. I'm sorry, what did you say? What my purpose is. This election experience and these comments shines a spotlight on the problems Washington politicians have with minorities and black Americans. I'm sorry, I was tech- sending, checking my text messages. What did you say again? Because I... It's so boring. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what... Go, go again, please. Is. This election experience and these comments shines a spotlight on the problems Washington politicians have with minorities and black Americans. I'm sorry. I was looking at the menu online of Three Kings menu because I'm having lunch with some of the guys from the radio station today. 
trying to figure out what I was going to have for lunch. I'm sorry. I'm, well, I'm sorry, Mia Love. Did you say something again? I, I can't. I'm trying to figure out what has provided me a big reminder of who I am. No, what? And what my purpose is. Okay. This election experience and these comments shines a spotlight on the problems Washington politicians have with minorities and Black Americans. Yeah. Okay, I heard you. The fourth time. So let me get this straight, Mia. You didn't want to be associated with the big white devil there in uh, D.C. He did a robocall for you that you limited in its play. You didn't want him to campaign for you. And now it's Whitey's fault that you're no longer a congresswoman. Got it. Okay. It's transactional. It's not personal. Yeah. It's funny how President Trump has met with black leaders when he campaigned. He was in Detroit, talked about Ben Carson, and he talked to people. He was one of the few Republicans, actually, uh, who ever bothered to even reach out to the minority community and the black community. He has uh, focused on policies that are focused on the resurgence of community banks, which are important not only to black communities, but also to rural communities and others where uh, business people can get loans and have uh, personal relationships with their bankers, unlike, you know, the the big banks that were, uh, you know, the ones that were too big to fail. Then there were banks that were too small to survive. So President Trump pledged to do a resurgence of the community bank, which was, uh, which is designed to actually help people in the black community and rural community and business community uh, be able to have personal relationships and, and, and thrive as small business people. He's done that. Black unemployment is at all-time low. And the president hasn't just tried to accept or, or, or take black votes just because he's actually done things policy-wise that have actually helped him. Because President Trump actually, unlike Mia Love, thinks that black people and white people all pretty much, when you get right down to it, have the same desires, and that is to be stakeholders in a strong economy and to be people who are raising families, buying boats, going on vacation, having higher wages, jobs, stability. Not much difference. And black people have the same desires as white people do. But me and Love has decided that, that, that for whatever reason, when President Trump busts his ass to do a robocall for her that she doesn't play, and she doesn't want him there, now suddenly it's a race thing because she lost her election. This is a pretty pathetic thing to do, but you know what? When you're pooped out of Glenn Beck's little machine, it's no wonder. That's what you get. You see, we feel like politicians claim they know what's best for us from a safe distance, yet they're never willing to take us home. Bullshit. Mia Love. Shame on you for your abject, false, 
premise and your lies and your and your pathetic losey sore loser whininess this is a horrible look for black politicians and black republicans this is a disgraceful act on her part this is a disgusting vile concession speech and it's also factually inaccurate because Donald Trump offered to help her, recorded robocalls that she didn't want to play, and 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 she wouldn't she didn't want to have anything to do with him because she was a Utah Republican, the same old Romney salad instead of soup guy. The same old guy. The same, she's, she's, she's got the same candy-ass Republicanism that Mitt Romney had. And she paid, she paid a price for it. Romney didn't. Romney's like, you know, a U.S. senator now. What did he do for her, by the way? Anything? But anyway, I, I, this, watching this thing, was, she, she was, this was pathetic. This election was horrible, and it has cost us greatly. I saw the media write uneducated, unfair, irresponsible stories. My ethics, my record, lied about, tarnished, and repeated over and over again on TV right in front of our children. Yeah. Like I'm watching you lie about President Trump. It seems like you've, you learned a little, a little bit from what the media did to you because they're doing the same thing to President Trump. But I didn't see you stepping up to support him when the lies were being told about him, right? Nah. Coordinated efforts presented a false case against me and those ads that were created and funded by my opponent. Sadly, their character assassination tactics have so stained our state that now citizens should expect that this is how elections will be won. Should have called daddy. Should have had daddy to Salt Lake City for you, baby. Should have had the, the, the big white Mac daddy come in and help you out. But you didn't want to because, well, he's the big white Mac daddy. And you were told that big white Mac daddies aren't popular in, in Utah or beyond. So you didn't pick up the phone and call daddy. You should have. But you didn't. Everybody else who did won. Watch what happens in Mississippi where the uh, trumped-up bullcrap over this uh, Republican candidate who talked about the public hanging. Watch what happens to her today. Now, keep in mind, there's a chance that she's going to lose. But it's not likely. It, 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 it's 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 uh, it's not likely at all. You know why? Because because Cindy Hyde Smith called Daddy, and Daddy was in Mississippi last night, and Daddy's gonna make things happen for her, and she's gonna win this U.S. Senate seat again. It will be a miracle if she loses. There's a chance she will. 
because because the networks were pulling on all the stops. I mean, I, I'm serious, pulling out all the stops to smear her over this public hanging comment. You know, so what's so amazing about this too is that is that in order to protest her comments about a public hanging, they first said she was referring to lynching, which of course is not a public hanging. And, and and then also she talked about being in the front row of a public hanging when I don't know a whole hell of a lot about lynchings and how they work, having never lynched anybody or witnessed one. But based on what I know about lynchings is there aren't rows of seats for lynchings. Lynchings are normally like done in the dead of night and 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 I usually it was you know a horrible thing and in, in, in the morning you know you know you know what I'm talking about. It was done secretly behind the scenes. It has no semblance to a public hanging, but that didn't stop the people who are trying to unseat her and call her racist from uh, from uh, from from trying to smear her. And what's even better is in this uh, David Muir's breathless presentation to us, this emergency report on his part. There is still a major Senate race to be decided. Now three weeks after the midterms, voters in Mississippi will head to the polls tomorrow. And tonight the president is there putting his support behind Republican Cindy Hyde-Smith, who has been under fire. And tonight more of that video now surfacing, during which she says if she was invited to a public (laughs) hanging, quote, I would be in the front row. Yeah. So what? Now, apparently, as Cason pointed out, apparently you can't make any reference to uh, to rope or to hanging in Mississippi. That's apparently that's apparently a, a, a deadly sin. So I, I tried to tell Mark yesterday, it's like a public hanging is not a lynching. Well, I know, but you can't say those things in Mississippi. It conjures up all kinds of terrible things. Well, watch watch them conjure this. His chief national affairs correspondent, Tom Yamas, is there tonight. Nooses found hanging today outside the Mississippi State Capitol. Wow. Who hung those? This is your typical white liberal tactic to try to scare black people. And you'll do it even if you want to be the most offensive person on the planet in doing so. So... It apparently is so offensive that she said a front row to a public hanging, so offensive that she shall not become the next U.S. Senator from Mississippi, but it's perfectly okay in protesting her that you put a noose over a tree. That, 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 that's, that's, the, that, that, that's what you do is you, is, you, is you put a noose over a tree, which a noose over a tree is a very menacing, terrible symbol to any black person who might be walking by the Capitol, but it's put there by liberals. Who, by the way, and I'll use the joke again since I talked about it this morning, and I'll talk about it again. Liberals, these hipster trash who probably just simply went into grandpa's cellar, Democrat grandpa's cellar, and grab one of his old nooses. Or 
They used to ask Grandpa to tie one up for him so they could hang it. Because who the hell knows how to do a noose right now except for a Democrat? Because that's kind of what they did back in Mississippi in the day. It wasn't Republicans lynching people. It was Democrats. And boy, nobody knows how to make a noose better than a Democrat. Along with these signs, one reading, we're hanging nooses to remind people that times haven't changed. Yeah. If you can't explain it in one word, it's not true. And and, and, uh, things haven't changed. Well, yeah, some things haven't changed, like your ability to put nooses around trees, apparently, in the Democratic Party. Because you're still up, you're, you're still up to your traditional modes of operation as Democrats, aren't you? Hanging but nooses. Hyde Smith is under fire for racially charged. Com- One reading: We're hanging nooses to remind people that times haven't changed. Yeah, we're hanging nooses to remind people we still know how to make nooses in the Democratic Party. But Hyde Smith is under fire for racially charged comments recently caught on camera. Your comments offended a great number of people, Senator. We already have no, you haven't. I'm, I'm wondering though, what, what? Video from earlier this month shows her alongside a supporter. By the way, how, how is a, talking about being the front row to a public hanging, how is that, by the way, racially charged, first of all? And secondly, how is it, uh, when, when it's caught, it, it had to be caught on camera, right? So presumably... She wasn't saying it to menace anybody or do whatever because I guess generally if you were trying to menace people, oh, I guess she'd hang a noose around a tree like the, like the Democrats did in Mississippi to protest her comments that if it weren't for them being uncovered would never actually have been exposed to anybody. So the people who are making, so far we have the news media which has basically given them more attention than she would ever have given the comments regarding public hangings. We have the news media that has single-handedly determined that a public hanging is a a lynching, which it's not. And we have liberals who decided to protest her comments. They would actually make nooses and put them over trees. I mean, it's pretty amazing. But again, it's probably not going to work. And you know why? Because Daddy came to help Cindy last night. And Mia's going to watch what Daddy can do when he comes to help you. And look, Mia... Even a person who is supposedly a horrible racist and and a person who's smeared the way you claim you were, even they can win when daddy comes and helps them out. Just telling you. Now, again, there's a possibility that this all goes south and there's a possibility that that she loses. Uh, It will be a... A, a horrible day for reality. Uh, it'll be it'll be a, a terrible thing. But uh, once again, it, 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 I'm never I'm not always right. But this is something that's that's fraught with a potential backfire on the part of the liberals. 
Do you think do you think blacks appreciate the fact that liberals are somehow defending them by putting nooses around trees? I mean, do you think do you think that that's that's you know? Do you think that's something that reflects positively on the Democrats or the liberals when when, when they decide to conjure an image that is so offensive and and and, and so sick? You're, 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 it's, it's kind of it, 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 I'm surprised they just didn't put the N word out there too. I mean, for crying out loud. That that that's something that that generally should and would backfire, but we'll see. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to um, I'm not I'm not going to you know I'm not going to take it too far. But but my prediction is that because President Trump, the daddy of the Republican Party, arrived to help another candidate, that candidate's going to win. And yeah, Kathy, I don't know if it's if it's creepy calling somebody daddy. I got that's that's something you're gonna have to deal with with daddy. But I, I never thought of calling somebody daddy creepy, but um, I'll let you uh, handle that on your own. <laughs> All right, people, listen, love you, love my guys at Discovery Design Truck Care and Manufacturing. Really appreciate the fact that uh, they support this studio. Want to make sure that you guys, as you get into the uh, holiday season, make sure you get a hugely easy way of transforming your wonderful home with a window fashion designed by my buddy, Michael Proctor. 45 years in the window treatment business, and you are going to love what he does for you. Seven days a week, Michael's available to you, and so you're going to love everything that he is going to rock for you for your window treatments, and you get it all done in no time for you. Seven days a week. Proctor spelled like doctor. ProctorDrapery.com Also, Matthew Mitchell, 855-QUOTE-ME. Matthew, thank you so much, buddy. So glad to hear from Brandy yesterday when she told me she saved $400 on her home insurance. Thanks to Matthew Mitchell. And he'll do the same thing for you. He'll come in, look at your car, home insurance policies. And I'm telling you, he's going to find something you're probably overpaying for and help you out that way. 855-QUOTE-ME. For the Matthew Mitchell Allstate Agency. Auto, home, and life. And don't forget, if you have a health, if you have an insurance policy with somebody, it can't possibly be a contract. It's you can tear it up, and I guarantee you, meet with Matthew, you'll be tearing it up after you talk to him. Do not forget, also, ladies and gentlemen, about my guys over at Santino Cigars and Cocktails. Eighty-four different kinds of craft beers. 180 plus different forms of liquors, cigars all over the joint, walk-in humidor, Vogel Road in Arnold, and if you mention my name, you pop in there for a drink, you mention my name, you're going to get a free cigar, so check that out. 
Eric Deputy, Deputy Wellness, DeputyWellness.com. Thank you, Eric. Love you guys. And Deputy Wellness, two locations, Chesterfield as well as South County for you. Nutrition HQ. They got the Lady Lean for the the girls and the Winoline for the boys. Fat burners extraordinaire. Also, they've got the hormone adjusters for you as well, men and women. And also, great healthy food for you. Proteins, pre-workouts, you name it. Nutrition HQ has it. NHQ.rocks on the web. NHQ.rocks. get a gift card those are perfect too it's right there in Rock Hill Manchester McKnight yes indeedy and of course Golden Oak Lending 314567GOLD two months of no mortgage payments first payment not till February of 2019 when you get a refi with them also free appraisal when you mention my name and you get your mortgage checkup with Golden Oak Lending, goldenoaklending.com, 314-567-GOLD. Have a great rest of your day, everybody.